Sounds good. What's up, everybody? This is a brand new edition of Catfish on Ice. Welcome in, everybody. This is your host, Chad Minton, with co-host Rich Howe and Kyle Perkins. Plenty to get into as we inch closer and closer to the 2022-23 NHL season. How are you doing tonight, fellas? Doing good. Um, I love the new intro. The music is so cool. And then it says the after hours. I know people on the podcast who listen like on Spotify and stuff aren't going to know probably what I'm talking about, but I don't know. I like it. It's pretty good. Makes your head. We're, we're, to- we're, we're totally after hours. I mean, it is 10 o'clock Eastern time. All three yeah, of us sure. are in Eastern time zone now. I was in Central Finally. time zone for the longest time, but I joined, I guess you could say the – I've always said they need to just do away with one of the time zones and just go like the central eastern time zone thing is so dumb. Like just make one time zone out of both of those. But I am team eastern time zone now, so I'm I'm you with are. you guys. That's good. Yeah, you can you can so feel kinda, the pain now of those West Coast games. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. Exactly. yeah, I gotta get yeah, I gotta yeah. get ready for it. I mean I I cut the cord. I don't have cable anymore, so I'm not like really watching anything live on TV really. But um, so I haven't gotten used to it like that. But yeah, it's gonna be weird watching sporting events and watching at eight o'clock Eastern instead of seven o'clock. So that's gonna be weird. Yeah. Or when they're playing the LA Kings and the game doesn't start till ten thirty our time. Yeah, gonna be like, well, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be we'll be sure to schedule plenty of watch-alongs, Rich, so that we don't get off air till like one or two in the morning. Okay, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Before we start, I have a question. Kyle has a boo boo on his head, and I know he probably hears boo-boo. that word boo boo a lot because he's got kids, and I have kids, and I remember saying you got a boo boo or whatever. So, Kyle, why do you have a boo boo on your head? Because Kyle was not paying attention at work. <laughs> um, I was checking. Uh, whenever we make barrels, there's big, heavy, temporary rings that go on them. Mm. And we're on our plant shutdown this week. Uh, so uh, QC, one of the jobs that we do when plants down is we go through and we measure all these temporary rings. Well, one of the guys working in the department was hollering, asking a question. And um, I kind of looked out of the corner of my eye at him, and I walked straight into a post. Mm, it was one of those. No. It was one of those hits where uh, they kept talking, but I didn't hear any of it. And I'm just like, "Hmm, I'm trying to stand now. <laughs> I am. I am uh, going to fall down, possibly. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, did you guys? <laughs> Hold on, guys. Did you guys see that viral video? It's probably from like it's usually when some of these videos go viral, they're like five years old. But of the guy driving the forklift, like forklift operator driving through a warehouse and he's asleep behind the wheel and runs into a beam, and the entire warehouse pretty much just collapses like shelf after shelf after shelf. And I'm just thinking, okay, that poor guy, hopefully. He's okay, first of all, but mm-hmm. I mean, if you think you're having a bad day at work, watch that. Yeah, video. <laughs> for sure. Hey, real quick, 
guys. Look who's here. It is Lindsay. Long time no see. Yes. She says, I'm back. Hello, my friends. How are we doing? We're good, except Kyle has a head boo-boo. He'll be okay. He'll be all right, though. Kyle is going to push through it. He's just a mushroom. He'll be okay. He'll push through it. We push through it here on Catfish on Ice. All right, so um, that reminds me of the time. I don't remember what episode it was, but I think we were doing a live watch along, and I got like something stuck in my eye or my nose, and like my eyes were watering, and I just I pushed that. through it for like twenty minutes. Like I couldn't even talk right, and it was just like it's for the podcast. I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna just so push Kyle, through. That's where yeah. Kyle's at right now with the splash wound. We're just gonna so, push through. Um, All right, real quick though, go ahead. Our, our friend CJ is in here as well. Snarky Squeege. He says, screw the time zones because I like seeing the sun at six in the central. That's a back back to us talking about time zones. So all right. What's up? This cool. has been your geography minute on the cat. Exactly. We, we, we can spend we, I mean we can spend the next 30 minutes talking about time zones right now. I mean, we are in the off season. It is August. I mean, but we're gonna try Exciting. our best to actually we're gonna actually try our best, believe it or not, to talk some Pratt's hockey tonight. So let's let you yeah. know what we're getting into. We believe it yes. or not, we do have a pretty full hockey talk tonight. So mm-hmm. we got to update everyone on how the most hated teams for Preds fans of summer mm. of twenty-two brackets going. We have reached the second round of the tournament. We're gonna to announce the winners of the first round. We're gonna update you on the poll results so far. For the second round matchups, we've now released all four second round matchups on Twitter at Catfish Ice. You can vote if you haven't already on all four of those matchups. We'll update you on those results. Then we have an upset brewing in one of those matchups. It's kind of been landslides in a lot of our matchups in the first round, but we've got a close one. So we're going to talk about that. All right, we got to continue our player preview series. We got three good ones tonight Matt Duchesne. Tanner Janot, which I know that's uh, Kyle's favorite player, so I can't wait to hear his thoughts on what he expects from Tanner Janot this upcoming season. And we're going to talk about the new guy in town, Nino Niederreiter, otherwise known as one of my favorite nicknames, yeah, El Nino. Nino. Love that nickname. All right, so we are going to talk say about that those Kyle is a Kyle is a Tanner Stanner. Is that right? Did I use that right? Oh, is that what the kids sure. say? You're a Stanner? That's, that's, yeah, that's what the youngins are saying The youngins days. say that? Man, guys, he's, he's definitely a Tanner Stanner. That's real weird. quick before we move on. I know we're taking up precious time, but Max Greenberg is in here. What is up, Max? Lindsay's in oh, here. Max. Mike Twitter is in here. Everybody, it's a party! It DJ it is a is party. Here. Man, that feels like we're in the middle of the season or something. We're having an off-season right. party. Okay, some other housekeepers. Then our episode one hundred and fifty special which is going, I kind of mapped it out here. It's going to fall right around the second week of the regular season, second or third week. Uh, It's looking like either against the LA Kings, October 18th, I believe, or October 22nd, somewhere around there. We can go back and look at the calendar. When they play the Columbus Blue Jackets, we're going to try to do a watch-along special. If you're new to the podcast and you just started listening, We like to do watch-alongs throughout the regular season where our entire episode, we watch the episode with you live. It's actually fun to go listen. It's actually fun to go listen to it to the next day because Mm -hmm. it's kind of like watching the highlights in a weird way. Go back and listen to our thoughts 
live as we watch the game. So we plan on doing episode 150 special watch along. It'll probably be either against the LA Kings or the Columbus Blue Jackets. Stay tuned for that as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. And then also coming up here, we got to do, we're going to, you know, we always like to rank stuff here. It's always fun. It gets the debate going. It gets, uh, gets the discussion going. We're going to do our top 10 players currently in the Central Division going into 2022. I've got a list. Kyle's got a list. Rich is going to sit there and critique our list. He's yeah. going to be the judge. No, oh, there you go. He's going to tell us where we screwed up. Guys. I don't know. You probably got a lot of the same people. It's actually, it's actually a pretty tough list for me. Like I, there, I have some honorable mentions that you can make an argument that I should have put in my top 10. But when you only have 10 slots, you know. You only got so much room. Yeah, it's, it makes for some difficult decisions when you're trying to narrow it down to 10. Well. Exactly. My number one would have been Lucas Pisa. Oh, right? stop it. You had to fit that in. He's probably he not now, even in. <laughs> hey, he has now been upgraded. Did he? He, yeah, uh, yeah he's a developer. He's dog walker now. What is no, he a dog no, no, he got a he got a job with a hockey team. Oh, I can't remember who it was. Um, it's like a he's like a de, not a development coach, but like a scouting coach team, or something. Wait, wait, no, I heard he was the team dog walker for. <laughs> so he walks all the dogs for the team for the players. How while dare you? In all the How dare you? Right, besmirch his good name. Me. I'm gonna find it. And that was me. You go. go all ahead, right, fine. Me. Look it up. Look it up. All right, I've got a lot of good honorable mentions. Me and I can't wait to hear Kyle's list. It's going to be fun to rank those. All right. And then a couple quick hitters. You know the quick hitters. We're going to hit some quick hitters tonight. Fourth line questions for the Preds. This is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. I've been thinking about how, okay, the Preds roster has really – it's it's solidified a little bit here. Like, it, I can't remember a time since probably 2018, maybe even 2019, where you're going mm. into a season and you feel pretty confident – about what the Preds roster is going to look like. There's not a ton of uncertainty. Sure. But that fourth line is still very much a fluid situation right now. So we're going to touch on that where there's plenty of players out there. I think there's going to be a lot of competition in training camp for that training fourth camp. line, yes. which is not that far away. It's right around the corner uh, training camp up here in September. So it's going to be a lot of fun to follow that. And then finally, a little bit of a fun topic we got to talk about how the draft is coming to Nashville in 2023. We all saw it coming. And then how cool is this? The NHL awards will also be during that same time. First time that's ever happened where both events are happening in the same location in the same year. So that's pretty cool. Yep. That is awesome. Very cool. Good for the city and the game of hockey. And we're not done for episode 142, y'all. We're not done. Because at the end of this episode, when you download it tomorrow, it's not going to be in the live version right now. But tomorrow, when you download the episode, <laughs> we had we had Joe, better known as Washed Up Beer Go- Beer League Goalie, Washed Up Goalie on Twitter. He does the Tendy Talk podcast, which is a fellow podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. He knows so much about goalies. He was a former goalie himself. He came on. We talked about the best goalies currently in the league. We talked about where UC Soros fits in. A bunch of other stuff. He's a big Blackhawks fan. So we talked about the Preds-Blackhawks rivalry from a Blackhawks fan. Really awesome conversation. You can actually watch it on YouTube right now on our YouTube channel. If you'd like, 
but you can also listen to the interview at the end of this episode. So let's get, dive in. I think we got plenty to get into tonight. I don't know about, sure. about you guys, but I think we got plenty to yep. get into. Our, our friend Blues Fan Reacts says, how's it going, There he Blues? is. That's, that's, yeah, uh, that's our buddy Mason. That is our yep. by far our favorite Blues fan. He There's no competition. Yep. He is our favorite Blues fan on the podcast. For sure. And he his mantle is very safe there. He's going to be the top fan favorite yeah. of blues fans for the catfish yep. nice podcast he ain't going anywhere oh. he's been a guest on the show a couple of times awesome. he's awesome very cool real quick lucas pisa joined the san jose sharks he's a, going to be a development coach well good for him i'm glad he resurfaced i'm he glad he's finding up. a name for himself. good he, for him he, I, yeah, I really yeah. all jokes aside i am really happy it's a, it's an inside so, joke with the podcast but i so, am happy well, for him. i think tonight the lucas pisa jokes are going to end well, let, let, see, let's, I just let's figured he was Chad's cabana boy now. We're, we're going <laughs> to <No, he, laughs> oh, retire. Do that? <laughs> oh, Blues fan do reacts. That, he says, he says, all oh, y'all are my favorite Preds fans as well. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I, as of tonight, no Wait more Lucas Pisa. No more Lucas Mason, Pisa. Mason, before, Mason, before you go, if you're still watching right now, drop a comment in the stream. What do you think about our bracket most hated teams for Preds fans and where do you think the Blues fit in? They're going up against the Stars right now in our second round and it's a pretty close poll. I'll go ahead and update it right now. Let me see where it's at. It is uh, 57% Stars, 43% Blues. We got an upset here. That's weird. Maybe the hatred for the Blues is is simmering down a little bit for Preds fans. I want to see Mason, if you're Mason, if you're still watching right now, tell me what you think about that. All right, let's get into that. We'll wait for that comment if he's if Mason's still watching. Yeah, let's yep. go ahead. And, let's go. Let's talk about our tournament here. Rich, update everybody. I just updated on the one matchup. What right. happened in the first round? Maybe if you got it in front of you, Rich, tell everybody what happened in the first round. Share some comments. I've got some comments from today from a lot of our listeners. Yep. What's yep. going on here? So, so first round we had we had Boston, the Boston Bruins going up against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh not a fair the clear, matchup. The, not a fair, the clear winner <laughs> of that. Everybody hates Pittsburgh, you know, with rightfully so. The second round we had the the Carolina Hurricanes going up against the Colorado Avalanche. No I thought that was going to be closer. There. I thought that was going to be a lot yeah. closer. Personally, People I was hate, wrong though. People hate Carolina, unfortunately. Which is so weird. If you if, if you went back like before the playoff series with them, yeah, no one gave, no one even cared about the Hurricanes. No one even thought about them. If anything, they might have been your yep. second team that was out east. You know, because everyone yep. has a team they cheer for that's in the other conference, sure. maybe because you don't play them. I bet the Hurricanes were one of those teams, but not anymore. Yeah. You know, times change. Yeah. Uh, last week, I think Kyle and I touched on it. They, their fandom and social media people make them so hard to like, and that is the reason why people don't like them. It's, yeah. it's, it's they're, they're I want to like them so much, but I just, it's, it's hard. such a good team, but yes, the, the, yeah. the peripherals of them just make them impossible uh, to like. Yeah, it's, and it's just, <laughs> yeah, I agree totally 100%. So the next matchup, <clears throat> we had San Jose against Dallas, so Dallas clearly won. Even though Corey Perry hadn't played for them for three or four years, people still hate him. That of, that let me speak on that matchup real quick. That's new school that's Preds fans. That's true. Oh, yeah, that's new right. school Preds fans taking over that vote because if you, if more of the old timer Preds fans maybe 
would have gotten into right. that vote a little bit more. Maybe it would have been closer. But um, the Sharks have been irrelevant for a while now, especially when it comes to the Preds-Sharks sure. rivalry. It's not really a rivalry anymore. So that yeah. that's to be expected. That's not really a shocking result either. Yeah. Um, the next matchup was uh, Minnesota against St. Louis. And once again, St. Louis won, uh, beat out Minnesota for that. And then on the other side, we had the Washington Capitals going against Chicago. That's another – Landslide. That was a landslide. The Blackhawks yeah, are definitely the number one Chicago. overall seed of the they're the number one overall seed of the entire tournament. They For are the sure. favorites, obviously. For but sure. I threw the Capitals in there and I explained it in the episode because there's yeah. always people who are gonna hate on the best play one of the best players. There's a lot of people who hate Ovechkin. Yeah. I'm not gonna get into reasons why, because it'll go down a rabbit hole. But a lot of people yeah. don't like Ovechkin, a lot of people don't like the Capitals. For that reason, so and Tom Wilson, as as Kyle has brought up in previous episodes, so that's why Mm -hmm. I threw the Capitals in there. But um, obviously, obviously, the Blackhawks were going to win that matchup. Yep, for sure. The next one was um, the Ducks against the Lightning, and that's another one of those old school, you know, Preds fans. I thought that was going to be really close, though. I thought that was going to be closer. It wasn't for me. (laughs) It was an easy vote for me, but um, anyway. So that was that was good. So so Anaheim actually won that one, and then the next one was Edmonton against Las Vegas. And I know I, I think all three of us, none of us like Vegas, so that was pretty easy. So Vegas won that, that out. That's an easy one. Yeah, and then the last one was Detroit and Toronto, which like people still don't like Detroit. I think nobody likes Toronto, unfortunately, even their own fans. But Detroit won in our in our bracket for that. So. People people like to poke fun at the Toronto Maple Leafs because they're that team that's they're yep. one of the classic teams. They have all this tradition, and For they sure. just stub their toe every year in the playoffs. For they sure. just can't figure it out. Yep. Let's see what let's yep. see what Mason says here. Blues fan reacts. He says, I mean, understandable. Preds fans are nowhere near at the top of the hate list for Blues fans. I put the Avs, Hawks, and Stars ahead of y'all easily. Wow. There's almost a sort of respect between nope, hold on, our hold on, hold on, hold on. There you go. <laughs> between our fan bases. There we go. Yeah, I figure that's what he's saying. Between our fan bases, since we really don't meet in the playoffs very often, and we've mostly been at the same caliber for our existence. See, that's why Mason is such a, a yeah. and great fellow opposing fan because oh, and then it's yeah. perspective. And he said, I'd tie y'all with Minnesota personally. All right. There we That's go. Good. Hey, well, we're I mean, bre- we're breaking, we are breaking bread here with a fellow Blues fan. That's right. Uh, on the podcast here. I That's mean, who, who would have thought that Preds fans and Blues fans can get along, but we're doing it here. Yep. Lindsay said, Boo Oilers. CJ said, Yeah, boo the Oilers. <laughs> <clears throat> then Lindsay okay. said, I don't like Vegas either, but the Oilers, that is something else. So it's just that's hilarious. Good stuff. So Kyle, Kyle, if you got it in front of you, man, what are you thinking about the second round? I think I think it's it's a it's obviously a lot more interesting here. We got some more interesting matchups. Stars and blues, I think that one's the one that's really uh close right yeah, now. That's it's fifty intriguing. it's it's fifty-eight percent to forty-two percent. We set the poll length to five days this time. So some of them last time were only for twenty-four hours. That was my fault. I should have set them longer so we could have gotten more votes. That's on me. 
But um, we've got them for five days this time in the second round. So we've got plenty of time here to get more votes. We need your retweets because that spreads it out to more people and they can, more people can vote. All the better. More votes, the better. But right now, it's it's pretty close. It's the closest matchup we've had so far. Stars and Blues, it's 58% voting for the Stars, 42% for the Blues. Still over four days left to vote on that one. At Catfish Ice on Twitter, go, go vote if you haven't already. What do you think about that one, Kyle? Stars and Blues. Honestly, I went with the Blues, and it's basically on Jordan Bennington. Yes, uh, sir. I mean. <laughs> Mason's laughing right now. He is. <laughs> uh, but, but it's such a hard decision because you've got all the toolery that's happened with Dallas over the years. The Corey <laughs> Perry incident, because, you know, Corey Perry, everywhere he goes. Um he seems like he has an incident with Nashville. Um, he has an incident with everybody, let's be honest. I was about, Generally. To, I was about to say that, too. He put his knee in uh, what's-his-face's ankle. So, you know. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so anyway. And then you had Radulov playing for Dallas, which was mm-hmm. kind of a, a little sticky subject there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but – I just don't like Jordan Bennington, and I'm a goalie guy. So, if you have a, a goalie I don't like, that just – that's kind of the death knell for yeah. a team for me. Yeah. So, my so he, my reason – Go ahead, Rich. I'll give you my thoughts. Well, I was just going to say, Bennington is definitely the number one. The number two was uh, David Perron. I really didn't like him, but he's, he doesn't play there anymore. He plays for Detroit. So, um Maybe the maybe that'll cool off a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I just here's here's mm. here's my theory for why the stars are winning right now in this poll so far is for one, Preds fans can't get over 2019, and I don't blame them. That was a cold, hard kick back to reality right there because. 2018 was was really hard because yeah you lost in the second round game seven after winning the president's trophy but that was that was a battle it was against a really good Jets team Pecorine just had a really bad game seven it happened it was hard to watch but for some reason that Stars first round loss just really sticks a dagger in your heart you can't stop thinking about it because that was probably the first time in franchise history where the Predators were overwhelming playoff favorites to win a series and they lost and they lost in ugly fashion. They were up two one in the series. They lost that game four. They got ran out of the building. UC Soros had to come in and I hate to, I hate to bring up two, games in the playoffs where you see, where uh, Pecorine had horrible outings, but that was another one. And uh, so, yeah, and the rivalries built since then, they've been attached at the hip, the Preds and the Stars. In the standings, in every game they play, it feels like it's a two-to-one war. It's just like battle for attrition, mm-hmm. battle for every inch of the ice. And that's I think that's why they're winning this poll right now. Over the Blues, even though there are plenty of Preds fans who dislike the Blues for obvious reasons, but this is kind of starting to make sense a little bit to me here. Why the Stars are winning this uh, this poll here, yeah. this this matchup? It's a good one. It's a good matchup. It is a good. Actually, out of all of them, I think that's probably the 
the closest, closest one that, that you've seen so for, far, sure. for sure. Mm-hmm. So what's the, the other? One? So the yeah. let's go to the let's go to the uh, other number one seed mm-hmm. on the other side, opposite of the Blackhawks. That's the Penguins up against the Hurricanes. Ooh. So we got two teams. No love lost there for either team, obviously. No. Um, right now. The Penguins are at 76%. The Hurricanes are at 24%. So apparently the hatred for the Hurricanes isn't overwhelmingly <laughs> maxing out the meter like the hatred yeah. for the Penguins. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be hard-pressed to find any Preds fan who will ever, you know, forgive Pittsburgh, I guess would be a good way to put it. They, they will always be on their, Crosby. On, their, on their list. Yeah. Well, even, we have- though, even though Pete – even though PK Subban isn't some beloved all-time natural predator per se, people can't ever forget about well, Sidney Crosby basically bashing PK Subban's head into the ice, and it was like nothing yeah. was called. It was in, they called incidental penalties on that play for sure. Incidental penalties. Yeah. It's yeah. The, it was then, like I could not believe yeah. what I was watching at the time. I remember it like yeah. it was yesterday. And if, and if anybody needs their hatred of Pittsburgh freshened up there a little bit, just look last season to win of getting Malkin hit uh, Mark Borowiecki in the mouth with a stick. I mean, that's, yep. that'd be, that'd be a good reason to uh, reignite one. that flame for the, for the uh, not liking the Penguins. Two, two, obviously two very highly skilled elite players. Absolutely. I cannot stand them. I can separate yes, them. I can, yep. I, I can, I can submit to the fact that they're one of the most talented players two of the most talented players in the league and they're so dynamic. And that's why the Penguins have been so good for so long, yep. but I also dislike them at the same time. Yep. Same. Yeah, I agree. Uh, both those guys are really good. Like you said, I mean, Malkin almost didn't even get, you know, re-signed with the team. Like it was like down to the last, you know, mm-hmm. uh, wire before he was going to be a free agent. So maybe his own, the management doesn't even like the dude, so I don't know. Maybe it's weird. <laughs> he's getting up there in years. I mean, he's he's definitely oh, on the back. Yeah. He's definitely on the back nine of his uh, NHL career. But um, yeah, let's sure. get to the next matchup here for the second round. Let's get to the next one. Another really close one. Very very early in the poll results, though, so it can change very dramatically. But right now, we've got a really another tough one here. This is another really tough decision for Preds fans. And this is going to pit old school fans up against new school fans again. Uh, Red Wings, number two seed, first number three seed, Golden Knights in the second round. We've got the Golden Knights up 57% to 43%. Again, very, 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 very early in the voting. We actually posted that poll right before we went live. So that could change really quickly. But that's going to be a close one. I think it's going to come down to the wire. Yeah. Yeah, it will. Um, that's another one of those, you know, old school Preds fans hate Detroit. The newer fans dislike Vegas because of all the perks they got being it when they were an expansion team kind of thing. And yeah, it's so just gonna be close. I voted I voted Gold Knights though. As much as oh, sure as much too. as as much as I remember watching those battles against the Red Wings when the Predators were still a uh a really new team and basically just a blue collar team that didn't have yep. any superstars yet. For sure. That that's yep. just, that's faded. That is really faded over the years. And yep. the Golden Knights, I just can't get over how 
the NHL pampered them and set them mm-hmm. up because they wanted they wanted hockey in Vegas to work so bad for obvious reasons because it yep. is a business. And, yep. and kudos to them. It's worked out really great. And the, the Vegas fans are very loyal, so I give them credit for that. I'm not saying they're Fairweather fans. They've supported that team yeah. very, very well. I can't wait to one day go to a game in Vegas. It's oh, it looks really so cool. cool. Yeah, but I think if you're if you're looking at it from a Preds fan perspective, it makes you a little bitter, at least for me, because yeah. we didn't get that kind of pampered treatment as the National Predators in 1998. I can promise you that nope. they, they they pretty much the NHL threw us into the fire like most in expansion teams and said, "Yeah, figure it out." And it took the mm-hmm. Predators like four years to to start building a team, and that's when they started getting Paul Correa and Jason Arnett. And then David Legwand ended up developing into the franchise player, but it took yeah. a long time. Eventually, they got Shea Weber, and 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 the rest is history. But it took yeah. a long time. So there's a little bit of jealousy there, and a little bit of bitterness when you see Vegas just walks right in, and yeah, you know, go to the Stanley Cup in their mm-hmm. infancy. Yeah, for sure. Blues fan reacts as currently Blues fans can't stand the Knights fans, but the older Blues fans still hate Detroit. Over any team in the league, that's totally understandable. And then Lindsay, I like seeing it from a, another. I like, yeah, I do too. I like seeing it from another yeah. fan's perspective of another. Yeah, team. and then Lindsay brings up a good point. Knights, after what they did to Flower and everything else they've done since then, I can't do it. Yeah, that's true. How could you get rid of Mark Andre Fleury? And then um, our friend Nikki is in here again and. They said Knights are rough on their players. Yes, they absolutely are. So yes, Nikki's totally right about that. And yep. Kyle's talked about that. Kyle, you, you've mentioned it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not really known for developing anything. You look at what they did with Cody Glass. Uh, That's a good point. Blue chip prospect. I mean, just and just utterly have misused him his whole time there. Uh I was going to bring up the same point Lindsay did. I've been done with Vegas ever since they did that, did that to Mark. That was how do you do that to how do you do that to one of the most classy players to ever wear the goalie yeah. pads? Along and then, with, like obviously, he did, he, he found yeah. out from somebody else, and it wasn't even from the team. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just like, ah. And then if you look also like. They weren't really all that friendly to Robin Leonard either. Like, no, I mean he he's had issues with them as well. So I mean it's it's just it's weird how they do that. But yeah, I mean I don't, I don't know. And then they've got some of the ugliest uniforms. That alternate jersey, that mustard. Um, oh, the glitter. And, and I know, Pre- and I know, I sound like a hypocrite here because the Preds also had that same similar mustard style, and I thought that was ugly too. When when the Preds they didn't had have that glitter. Same- yeah, that's a but like Rich said, it it doesn't Yeah. It doesn't look like it laid on the floor of a gentleman's establishment. It looks like yeah. <laughs> yeah, that 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 color should, that color should not be displayed anywhere. That that but that color should not be displayed anywhere. Yeah, I mean, you're it's, right. It's it looks it looks like a cross between uh something that you would throw up because you've been drinking all night and you probably ate something that didn't agree with you. Like that's what that color <laughs> looks like when the gold yeah. Knights, um, and then that, that uniform. Yeah. And then when you mix that in with those, uh, chrome, those gold helmets, those shiny gold helmets. Oh man. That's just a recipe yeah. for disaster. 
shiny shiny helmets like that the gold or the chrome yeah they don't work no they don't like, work in hockey it just it does nope. not look right nope I agree. Let's, uh, let's, and let's move on to our final second round matchup. Uh, <laughs> uh, a, if you want to talk a landslide here, um, it's not a 100% anymore. Someone did finally vote for the other team, but we've got the Blackhawks <laughs> versus the Ducks. I mean, <laughs> first of all, first of all, there is plenty of hatred and disdain for the Anaheim Ducks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of, I mean, that team was just full of goons. Getzlov, Ryan Kessler. Um, I mean, that team was just Corey Perry was on that team. But there were there's there's some players on that team that are escaping me right now that were also on that team, maybe more like role players. But that entire team was just full of goons. And I know everyone mm-hmm. says the Preds are kind of that team now because they led the league in penalties last year and they fought a lot yep. and all that stuff. And I get it. It's kind of like it's that's kind of ironic now, but I'm 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 telling you right now that Ducks team was on a whole nother level, and they yeah. did it. To, they did play that way against every team, and it was borderline dirty the way that Ducks team right. played. And for me, Ryan, Getzloff, I could not stand that dude. Oh my! Yeah. Every time the Preds went up against the Ducks, I could not stand Ryan Getzloff. But times have changed. The Ducks are much younger now. They're a very very mm-hmm. different team. Uh, nothing yeah. like that team was. Yeah, um, they're kind of on that cusp of maybe jumping back into the playoff picture. They were hanging around the playoff picture last year. They've got Trevor Zegras, who is the one of the cover athletes of NAL 23. So congratulations to him. And then also <laughs> Kyle rolls his eyes. Did you see Kyle roll his eyes? He's like, ugh. So awesome. I, I Sorry, mean, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's just so funny. Would you, would you rather would you re- would you have rather seen Sidney Crosby on the cover? I mean, I'd rather see Trevor Zegers yes. than I'd rather see Austin Matthews rather, on there. Again. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, somebody who actually then, produced during the season. I mean, Zegers right. was okay, but yeah. And then it's really, but hey, it really is cool to see Sarah Nurse. Uh, work that, now that's awesome. That's awesome. You're right. Really, really awesome stuff there. I can get on board with that. So uh, you can tell that the NHL is is completely trying to target their younger demographic because that's where the NHL's popularity has been growing. I mean, if you look at all the numbers and all the studies that are going on and where the NHL is growing in popularity and starting to maybe close the gap in Mm -hmm. all these uh, sports – it's definitely with the younger demographic. So I, I get why they put Zegras on the cover, but putting Sarah Nurse on there is super, super cool. Love that. So um, I can get on board with that, with the NHL. Blue. I still suck at the game. It, I I yeah. suck at that game so bad, but, you know, it's, yeah. it's still cool. Blues fan reacts, says Austin Matthews for the cover every single year since it's basically the same game every year anyway. <laughs> it is. It's, 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 a, pretty, it's a pretty bad game. Yeah, and then Lindsay said, I love that Sarah Nurse is on there. Women belong in sports, absolutely. That's absolutely true. Absolutely, for sure, Lindsay. We totally yep. agree. Women belong in sports, and I love that they put her on the cover. She yep. deserves it. I love everything yep. about that. So cool. Yeah. So You remember, with you the, brought up – uh, I was going to say real quick about the Ducks, back to that. 
you brought up uh, Ryan Getzlaff. It made me think of uh, when there was talk of trying to get him to play for Nashville. <laughs> Remember that that little that little oh, conversation? That that people, five yeah. minutes. It, yeah, it, for like ten minutes. It was like a like, rumor. Oh, it, might work it, it, out. Was, it, it was a rumor. Yeah, it was a rumor mill. He would have never been embraced here. No, no, no. way. That would have been so no, no, bad. No. Twitter would have broken. Oh, Fred's yeah. Twitter and Facebook would have broken down for. It would have been on maintenance for like a week. For like sure. it would have yeah. been in shambles. But anyway, so that poll result right now is 93% to to 7% yeah. in favor so, of the Blackhawks. So basically what this is going to come down to is uh, I'm going to make an analogy. So if you don't screw in, up the suspense here, well, we we got to be suspenseful here, uh, Kyle. We got to keep people ready to keep watching, but yeah. This is just just my personal theory of how how it's going to turn out. So we're, we're going to use like, say you're walking your dog, normal <laughs> average size dog, and it starts doing the circle and it does its business, and you're like, "Ew, that's nasty." <laughs> so that's that's the regular hate for some of these teams. Mm-hmm. The Blackhawks is like Jeff Goldblum in the original Jurassic Park. Wow, that's a huge pile of. Oh, there you go. I had no idea where you're going with this, but going. now I love it. It's I got so, it. that, so that's that's your difference because For the Blackhawks, sure. and it's not even just the players. That's it's awesome. the whole organization. It's there's yep. so much to dislike about that whole situation. For I'm sure. gonna get us copyright hit one of these days for maybe, maybe references or something. Yeah, I might too. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Or a sponsorship. Or a sponsorship. Um, real quick, uh, Nikki is in here. Says as a female hockey player myself, I love that uh, Sarah Nurse is on the cover. Then Max Greenberg with some truth. Zegers doesn't deserve it over, for example, Yossi or Makar, who are elite and have been for years. And then Nikki said, "Would love Yossi on a cover." Yes, absolutely. I mean, if they want a younger demographic, McCarr is young. Yeah, he is. And he's literally one of the best players in the league. Yep, for sure. Absolutely. That's uh, Yeah, so, I mean, I thought it would be a little bit of an interesting matchup because of the hatred of the Ducks, but clearly the Blackhawks reign supreme. Preds oh, yeah. fans are not going to – not, uh, Kyle, you need to check the Twitter um, account on Catfish and Ice because I just, I just totally threw you a shout out um, as we roll along here in episode 142. All right, good stuff, guys. Yes, All right, that's stuff. that's that's how our most hated teams for Preds fans summer of 2022 brackets going right now. Uh, good stuff. All right, episode 142 presented by DraftKings promo code THPN. We're going to tell you more about DraftKings and the current offer we got going for you. Stay tuned for that. Let's move along here with our player preview series. Let's uh, get to our first player tonight, and that is – let's get to Matthew Shane, um, because we're Got talking you. about a player that's done a, done a complete 180 in the minds of Preds fans since this time last year, I can argue – um, oh, yeah. I do think he still has, he still has plenty of critics. One year is not enough for many, many Preds fans to forgive the contract, and I get that. But 
you cannot deny how dominant he was. You can argue he was more dominant than Philip Forsberg. And, and some of the analytics actually say that he was. He was so efficient. He was so – he was just a man on a mission. I mean, all business, guys. All can business, he repeat for sure. It? Can, he, can he repeat it? Let's go to Rich. Then we'll go to Kyle. And then I got some numbers I can share from his season that I looked up. But let's go to Rich first. Go to Kyle. Can he repeat it? Do you have confidence that he can? Uh, what do you what do you, what are you feeling like for him? I actually do think he can repeat it. I think uh, so. He had eighty six points. I know you're going to talk about the numbers, but that is the most he's ever had in his career. He had two or th- ever since he's been in Nashville. Like just people have been riding his tail, saying you know you don't deserve your contract. Um, you know, we, we need you to shoot more, just whatever. And you remember seeing pictures of just like him just dejected. You know, he reads the press about himself. You you know that he sees all of that. And I think he, he showed everybody what he could do last season. And I think he rebuilt his confidence. And I, I think he can definitely get what he got last year or maybe a little better. So he I'm, showed I'm so. Let me touch on that, and then we'll go to Kyle. He showed so much mental fortitude and leadership for this Predators Absolutely. team when they needed him most, and he did it the entire season. He didn't do it for flashes; he no. did it from wire to wire. And it kind of sure. started. It kind of started the the season before in the twenty set game winning goal on a breakaway to beat the Canes. Remember that mm-hmm. in overtime? Yep. That's that's Absolutely. kind of what launched him. That's kind of launched him into the next. And I remember, I remember seeing how fired up he was when he scored that game-winning goal. And mm-hmm. I've said, I've said, I've said this plenty of times. Pissed off, Matt Duchesne is my favorite Matt Duchesne because sure. when he, and I think when he first got to Nashville, he was a little. I don't want to use the word timid because no hockey player is timid. If you're playing that sport, that's probably the wrong term, but you get what I'm saying. He was, he mm-hmm. seemed very, he didn't, he didn't seem as angry. He didn't seem as, as, uh, as, uh, you know, to the will to push forward and really carry this team when he first got here. And yeah. I've just seen a dramatic shift in the way he plays going yeah. back to that playoff series against the Canes. Uh, Kyle, what, what about you, man? I think he finally found his groove, I guess you could say, in Nashville. Um, He came in, was trying to play center. It wasn't working. They moved him to the wing. That seemed like it clicked. And then this last season, with Granlund and Forsberg on that line together, they Mm -hmm. just all fed off one another. And Duchesne looked different. His mannerisms, the way he – carried himself the every time he was interviewed it was just like we're gonna win everything yep and it was it never differed from that where it didn't matter if it was after a game that they just got blown out there was never any any doubt on his face of we're just gonna go win the next game yeah all there is to and i think his mindset's changed and I think he could repeat close to what – I'm not going to say he's going to score 40-plus again, but I think 35 is an easy prediction for him. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a few more points from assists. Uh, 
But overall, yeah, I think, I think that's he's going to have I, I, a very comparable year. Yeah, I think that's a very fair prediction and a pretty safe prediction there, Kyle. And so you look at his numbers from last year. Uh, yeah, so Rich mentioned uh, career high in points. He beat his career high in points by 16, which is pretty impressive that late in your career to beat your career high by that by that many mm-hmm. points. Uh, so that was pretty good. Um, 16 power play goals this past year, which led the team. You, you, I mean – the, the power play was starting to become a big liability going into last year, and it still needs a lot of work, especially looking at the second power play unit and how that's going to shape up. But when it comes to the top power play unit, it was a well-oiled machine. And Matt Duchesne was one of those – was the main reason why with those 16 power play goals. 18.9 shooting percentage was third on the team. I mean, that's like elite-level stuff there, that mm-hmm. type of shooting percentage. Let's see if he can keep that up. Um he Matt, here's the thing about Matt Duchesne. It's not a criticism. It's just a fact. Matt Duchesne is the one player on this team, especially out of the Fords, that literally is purely a offensive skilled skill set player. He's not gonna. He doesn't play much defense or the physical game, whereas Phil Forsberg does. Phil Forsberg mm-hmm. throws the body. Kel Granlund even throws the body. Started showing that last year. Um, Pretty much all your Preds forwards throw the body. They're hard-hitting. They lay their body out there. Matt Duchesne is literally that prototypical offensively finesse, skilled player, and he showed it last year. And you need a player like that. You, mm-hmm. Not every player on your team is going to be the, the physical, hard-hitting. You need different types of players with different skill yep. sets on your team. Matt Duchesne's your offensively finesse player that you need, and he did it last year. So that was awesome. It was one of the notes I made uh, about Duchesne is how huge it was that Forsberg came back. And I've mentioned this plenty of times. That's huge for Duchesne. If Forsberg's not coming back, suddenly we're wondering, okay, who are you going to put with Duchesne? How's it going to work? We'll never know, thankfully, because it didn't happen. But um, <laughs> that's, big. that's big. And mm-hmm. here's another big one I came across that I didn't realize until I looked it up today. Uh, Duchesne's ice time last season spiked by almost four minutes on average compared to his wow. first two seasons in Nashville. Mm-hmm. That's wow. a pretty big outlier there. He for got sure. almost four extra minutes of average. That's a big spike for one year to another. Yep. That is and, he, and he took it. He took it and he rode with it. So can he do it again? Absolutely. Um, and we'll see what happens. He's got that chemistry coming back with Forsberg. Can they bottle it up? But to that same point, defenses are ready for it. Coaching staffs are ready for it. Opposing coaching staffs. So you got to be ready to make adjustments. You can't roll in and expect everything to work like it did last season. You got to be fresh. And that falls on the coaching staff. That falls on John Hines. Absolutely. Let's get to our next player. Let's get to our next player. That's Tanner Janot. I think right. Kyle needs to start off with one for sure. Tanner Janot. Uh, Kyle, preview Tanner Janot for us, and then we'll go around the room. We'll go to Rich, and then we'll close it out with me when it comes to Tanner Janot. I'd honestly love to see Tanner stay out of the box a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I love it, I, must, I love watching the kid fight. He is too useful on the ice to be in the box that much. Good point. Um, I'd love to see him get up around 25 goals. 
Uh, I think it's very doable with his skill set and with his line mates. Uh, that said, I, be- I do believe they'll keep that line together. It was arguably their best line at a lot of times last year. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that 25-goal range is very doable. Colton Sissons is a good enough center to facilitate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's going to have Trennan again on his other wing. So they're going to have two threats that can equally score and punish. So Absolutely. I, I would really love to see Tanner maybe step back from his fighting role just to, just a touch. I'm, I'm not saying at all, but keep laying the body, answer the bell when need be, but don't go looking for him. Stick yeah. up for line mates when, when needed. If, if the game is, is going that way where the other team is dragging you into that situation, but at the same time, cooler heads have to uh, prevail sometimes. And, Be smart. You know, with a little bit more wisdom and a little bit more experience, I think he'll definitely do that. I, I expect him. Uh, touching on that, and then we'll go to Rich. Uh, second in the NHL last year in hits last year for Tanner Janot, according mm-hmm. to moneypuck.com, with 318 hits. Yep. Um, on the same regard, led the NHL in penalty minutes at 120. Yeah. Led the NHL. And Stay he was the box, to, to the same regard, he was second in the league in penalty minutes drawn. So drawing penalty minutes. So drawing oh, the other mm-hmm. team into the box with him. So it's a little miss. It's somewhat misleading to look at those 120 penalty minutes because sometimes those were offsetting penalties. So it was putting you in four on four situations maybe or whatever, but um, only, only Connor McDavid led the, was ahead of Tanner Janot when it comes to penalty minutes uh, drawn from the other team. So that's pretty impressive company there. And Tanner Janot had a 19.4 shooting percentage. So higher than Matt Duchesne. We're talking about a player who's primarily a physical, hard hitting yeah. guy, and he had a night and he had a nineteen point nine shooting percentage. Come on, yep, now. and finished up with forty one points for sure. Yeah, that's what I was going to touch on a little bit. Like, I think next season, you know, like I think the whole team they're just going to be building off what they did last season, and I think he can do even better this season than he did last. If you look at the twenty twenty one season, he only played in fifteen games. He played a full schedule except for the well, almost full schedule he missed the one game when his kid was born yep. he went from 15 games to 81 went from seven points to 41 i mean like he's just he was had an amazing season and i think he's just gonna build on it and just keep getting better you know keep him keep them to three to uh sissons trending and him together and just let them keep building on that man and i think good things will happen for sure I will say I, I agree with that. I will say if if and it happens, I mean it's 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 kind of inevitable. If an injury does happen to the top six and you got to move nope. someone up, I think Tanner Janot's the first person you move up. One hundred percent. You got to do it. Gotta we'll be. say that. Yeah. So um, if you got to break up that line for an injury reason, then that's what you do. Uh, you know, I I think Tanner Janot can hit fifty points this year easily. Mm-hmm. I, do, I re- really do. Because the thing about Janot is he's he, he kind of figured out what works for him last year. He already knew mm-hmm. he was a good player as, as far as the, his mm-hmm. mentality and the way he plays, but he actually found an offensive game to it as well. None of us saw it coming. And yep. so 
I mean, he's another player that's just a great, hardworking player. No, all business, mm-hmm. uh, and there's no reason it could be a fifty-plus point scorer on the third line. Yes, while that's he's also exciting. providing you that while while he's also providing you that grit and grind and setting that physical tone. I mean, can you ask for anything more of of a combination between those two? So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see if he can um, take another yep. step forward after uh, finishing seventh in the Calder voting yep. last year. Um, would have liked to have seen him finish a little bit higher in that voting, but yeah, for sure. Nikki said he'll learn from last year too, and I think and develop. And then Lindsay said he needs to find that fine line. And then she says she's going to get her a Geno jersey, which that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. That's and then uh, that's a good one. Blues fan. Mason's still in here. Says young player too, super bright future. Absolutely, yeah. He's exciting to watch, that's man. Tough. That's for sure. Yeah. Thanks for the comments, everyone. Keep them coming. It makes the episode so much better when our listeners get involved. Oh yes. All right. Let's get to the new new guy in town here. Let's get to oh, Nino Niederreiter, a, a player that you know we loved we loved to hate when he was playing for the Canes, but now he's on the good side. Now he's with the good guys, and so now we're gonna love him. And he fits perfectly into this. He fits perfectly into the identity of this team. Yeah, that word that Kyle likes, identity. I'm sorry, I'm dropping identity. it. But um, <laughs> I'm gonna buy it one. One of these days, I'm gonna get a shirt made, and it's gonna have the catfish on ice logo on it, and it's this gonna is, say identity. It's gonna say perfect. identity in quotes, and Kyle's gonna have to wear it for an episode. Okay. You should do like a quote. <laughs> you should say identity, and then put like. Kyle Perkins underneath, like he said, identity. Like it's, it's his quote. It's gonna, oh, like the yeah. name tag type thing. Yeah, it's yeah. it's gonna it's gonna show it's just gonna show up in the mail one day, and Kyle's like, "Damn it, I gotta wear it tonight." Now, now I gotta it's wear gonna it. Hopefully, show, it's gonna hopefully show up in the mail right on a recording day. So he's like, "All right, now it's time." Or you could do a sweatband, and I can wear it up here. Oh, and that yeah. I like that even more. I like that identity. even more. All right, Nino Niederreiter. The first thing I think of when I think of adding Niederreiter to the team, no offense to Luke Cunning, but I will take that swap every day, twice on Sunday. No questions asked. I know Luke Cunning didn't play in the top six all season, but he was in the in the top six a lot. For sure. But struggled mightily last season, took dumb penalties. This is a 100% upgrade. So here's here's what I'm looking at with Nino Niederreiter. Does he instantly make the Preds a Stanley Cup contender? Is he that type of a dynamic player? No, but he's a he's another piece to the puzzle of a puzzle you're trying to build to become a Stanley Cup contender eventually. He's one piece of many pieces that you're trying to put together. That's kind of where I see it. He's he's a smart veteran. I mean, that's what you need. That's a good you way need, to put it. The vision that Poyle is starting to put out, and I'm kind of on board with it. He's make he's building a nice blend of young raw talent to go along with a nice blend of veterans. He's got he's got a little bit of both. He's doing a little bit of both here. It's not the yep. complete youth movement that we that a lot of people wanted to see at first, but you still got those guys in there. But now you're adding a Nino Niederreiter to the mix. Here's here's what I really like about Niederreiter. He plays another physical edge. He, he's chirpy. 
He'll set that tone that the Predators' reputation. But he only had 34 penalty minutes last year. That's pretty low for for playing the style actually. that he played. <laughs> I mean, sure. I couldn't believe his penalty minutes were that low last year. Mm-hmm. I can live with 34 penalty minutes. Yep. Luke Cunningham had almost 100 penalty minutes last year, if you need comparison. Right and they now. were all dumb. <laughs> they were all dumb. Most penalties. of them. Most, most of them. And, yeah, for sure. I, w- I would like to see Niederreiter fall in the 40 to 50 point range, which is what he's pretty much done his entire career. No reason to mm-hmm. think that he's going to drop off. I don't expect him to come in and suddenly set – eyes in his production and we don't need him to quite frankly we just need him to be the steady point producer that he's been for most of his career provide that veteran leadership give us a little bit more stability in the top six and Mm -hmm. we're all golden here we're all good that's what i'm looking at with nita yep yep here's what i like about him and even getting getting mcdonough as well you know you see the way Tampa Bay plays and you have an opportunity to get a player who could bring some of what Tampa Bay does to Nashville. Awesome. Let's, let's grab him. As much as we don't like Carolina, we admit that they are an awesome team to watch. Very fun, fast team. We got an opportunity to get a guy from them, bring some of that to Nashville. I'll take that all day. And that's what's, that's what I'm excited about is we're, we're finally making some moves and getting some players in to like, shore up what we have already. And that's, I mean, getting those two guys, I think is a huge step in the right direction compared to past. Uh, Nino is what I would term as a top six enforcer. Hmm. Uh, he doesn't play the flashy game. He's, if you look at his career totals, he doesn't have a lot of point per game years in his totals but he's always around 20 ish goals and 20 ish assists yeah he's he's steady he's that he's that contributor uh he's a 40 point guy give or take and whatnot but he's just he's a solid guy Mm -hmm. that's going to be able to make space for whoever's on the other way yep and that's such a big deal it is Yep, I agree with that 100%. So, and just, a lot to, of get, just to, to get be, that experience that a lot he of has to be excited. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's great. Very exciting. All right. So, that wraps up this week's edition of player previews. We'll get to some more players next week as we get closer and closer to the regular season. This is episode 142 of Catfish and Ice with Chad Minton, Rich Howe and Kyle Perkins. Thanks to all of our listeners watching the live stream night right now on YouTube and also on Twitter at Catfish Ice. Everybody, we got college football coming up really quick. Really, really quick. I know we're in the yeah. South and there's a lot of college football fans out there. And DraftKings, our sponsor, has awesome deals for you right now coming up for college football. Since college football is back, it's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year, right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. That's good. Win or lose. So, what do you – I mean, seriously, like, just go for it. 
Got a, got a good safety net there. And we've got these same game parlays that DraftKings does, which is a lot of fun. So you can do stuff like which team will score first, which is personally one of the things I like to do because it's mm-hmm. just – it doesn't take strategy necessarily. You're really just looking at the game yeah. and you're thinking, okay, who wins the coin toss? Who's going to score first? Doesn't take nearly as much um, as much studying as research as some of these other things, but there's plenty of other ways you can do. It. You can just combine yep. multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, and much more. So that's what I like to do. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, of course. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just five dollars on college football and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee red line at 1-800-889-9789 in New York. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text 467-369, one per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit and wager $200 issued eight $25 free bets. Go do it. I did not read that entire script in vain, so go use our promo code (laughs) THPN to win you $200 in free bets. $200 in free bets. Free bets. We're just handing it to you right now on college football. Go do it. My Vanderbilt Commodores play Hawaii. Hawaii. I did. I mean, Hawaii has a college football team. Yes. Have you heard of Manti Teo? I have. <laughs> I heard about the mysterious girlfriend that didn't exist, but there's a documentary out there I really want to watch. Apparently, it clears. It's his name. good. It's really good. I gotta watch it. <laughs> Poor guy. Something's uh, going yeah. on. We're not, gonna, I just we're not going down that rabbit hole. hole. We're not going to go down that one. Not, we'll, we'll save that for next week. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for, for next sure. Week. All right. Yep. All right. Awesome. Let's get into our top 10 players currently in the Central Division. Ooh, and Rich right. is going to critique our list. Rich uh, didn't do his list because, you know, you know what? We got busy lives here, but he's going to critique our list. I did not. I'm and, sorry. Yeah, he failed his homework. He didn't do his I homework. Failed my homework uh, assignment. He he he's this he's get, he's giving me flashbacks of back in high school where I come into class and the teacher's like, "Turn in your homework assignment from last You're week like, that uh, I assigned," and um, I don't have it. It's not in my backpack. Yeah. I can't find it anywhere. I'm like running into the bathroom to scribble something down real quick to pretend like <laughs> I have it. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, let I me do, do my top five off the top of my head. No, you're just going to critique our list. I will. Yeah, go ahead. So I'm going to start with my top 10 list. I'm going to go from 10 to 1. 10 to 1. List of pretty quick quick here. Rapid fire. Then Kyle's going to do his. Then we'll discuss. All right. How about that? Is that a fair? All right. Let's go with – we're just doing Central Division here, folks. Top 10 players currently in Central Division. Yep. There's no scientific rhyme or reason to my list. I just put it out there. So nobody come after me. Too hard. Come at me, bro. All right. Uh, Come at bro. <laughs> Why does Kyle have a real quick puzzled look on So Lindsay just said put something in the chat, and I just checked it on Twitter. Uh, apparently, Phil Kessel is going to go play for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I, thought you were about I, say gonna... pre- I thought you were about to drop some breaking news that he's going to the Predators. Oh, man. No. 
No, they my dream done. has died. My it's hot over. dog meme dreams have died. It's All over. Right. Well, and Ve- anyway. Vegas just up Vegas just up their hot dog orders by like a hundred. So yeah. Um, Cap hits one point five one year contract. How do they have any money? The, anyway, the uh, y'all know those uh, Oscar Iron Weenie mobiles. There's like a brigade oh. of them driving to Vegas right now. They are <laughs> full of hot dogs in the back. Yeah, it's just like a big anyway. brigade driving to the sunset, driving to the Vegas Strip right now. All right, anyway, yeah. let's get to our list. Go let's ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah, it's all good. That's some breaking news. That's good. I wish we had the yep. theme music for breaking news there. The, uh, all right, anyway. Yeah. All right, number ten on my list of top ten current players in the Central Division. I'm bringing in Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg Jets. I know he had kind of a rough season, but he is still one of those goaltenders that just he's a workhorse, very much like UC Soros is. The guy was Soros in terms of starts last year. The Winnipeg Jets rode so hard. And they had a pretty rough season, but Connor Hellebuck's still a top five goaltender, six maybe in this league. He's giant, and when he's on, he's hard to beat. When he's on, you're not. He, I've seen him steal plenty of games from the Preds, so I put him at number ten. Number nine, I got another Winnipeg Jets player on here, which this seems weird because I think the Jets are not going to be a very good team. I think the Jets are going to be a sixth place team in this division, but I've got another Jets player. At number nine, I've got Kyle Connor coming in at number nine. The dude is a very elite goal scorer. He's an offensive powerhouse. Got him at number nine. Number eight, I'm going Vladimir Tarasenko for St. Louis Blues. Mason, if you're still watching, got a Blues player coming in here. Vladimir Tarasenko, by his standards, probably had a down year last year, but he is one of the most dynamic players in this division. So I got Tarasenko at number eight. Number seven, my first Preds player coming in. Number seven, I got UC Soros. At number seven, oh. central top ten Central Division players. Number six, got the Minnesota Wild. Kirill Kaprizov's coming in at number six. He's a Krill player that's going to take off and keep Kirill the Thrill. Kaprizov's number six on my top ten list. Number five, this is going to surprise some people. I don't think anyone sees this coming. But guess what? I got a Dallas Stars player coming in here, and it's the, it's a young one. It's not one of their old aging veterans. It's Jason Robertson. I've got him at number five. Hot no take alert. No problem with that. No problem with that at all. That that kid is special. He is special, and he he is he makes me him and Ottinger make me not hate Dallas as much as I used to. Yeah, I like them. I like Great. those two players for sure. So I got him coming in at number five. Number four, I got to be objective here, even though I cannot stand this player and I cannot stand the team he plays for. (laughs) Patrick Kane is number four. At one time, Patrick Kane was the undisputed number one on this list, but he's fallen off and he plays for a really horrible team. (laughs) Uh, But he's still number four. He's still one of the most talented American-born players to ever play the game, despite a lot of the reasons I don't like him. He's still number four on my list if I got to be objective. Number three, I've got – this is going to make some Avalanche fans mad here, but I don't care. I've got Kale McCarr at number three on my top ten list of Central Division players. I, I'm I'm sure a lot of people would have him number one. I got him number three. 
Number two, you know he's got to be coming. Roman Yossi's my second best player in the Central Division for the National Predators, which shows you that I am indeed objective here. You are. That means my number one. That means my number one player in the Central Division right now is none other than Nathan McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche. There you go. That's my top ten. That's good. Let's let's That's hear good. Kyle's top. Let's hear Kyle's top ten, and then we'll go to discussion on our list. So starting out at number 10 for me is uh, Miko Rantanen from the Avalanche. A guy you don't hear a lot about, but he's right at 100 points about every season. Uh, Number nine went with Hellebuck as well. Amazing goalie on a bad team. Number eight, I went with Patrick Kane because he's getting older and he's not quite the dominant force he was. Still an amazing player. Number seven, Jason Robertson. The Stars. Great young player. Number six, UC Soros. Uh, We're close here, Kyle. We didn't share. Hey, everybody. We didn't share share any of this. Absolutely. This is pretty cool. Number five, Vladimir Tarasenko. (laughs) We're right there, man. Number four, uh, Kale McCarr. Number oh, wow. Three, number three, Roman Yossi. Number two, Kirill Kaprizov. Okay. I think Kirill is the <clears throat> the real deal, man. Oh, and real. N- number one, you got to give it to Nate. It's you got just, to. Yeah, I mean. I mean, he's, he's the man in the central. The, just the dude – the dude didn't even smile during the trophy presentation. He's just like a cyborg. He's like a robot. And it's like he's programmed to win. And that's all he – it's like someone took him into a lab and programmed him. And it's like your go, your objective is to win, to be the mm-hmm. best player. You're not allowed to show any emotion. Just win. I mean, he's just – he's a machine. I can't get over it. But um, – so we, we only had one player that, that – was yeah. different, and that that was I had Kyle Connor at number nine. You had Miko Rantanen at number ten. I have four players on my honorable mention. Miko Rantanen was definitely one of them. It's actually the first player I wrote down on my honorable mention. I have Philip Forsberg as an honorable mention, but couldn't yeah. put him in top ten. I just I can't put him in top ten. But I have yeah. him honorable mention. I even put Mark Andre Fleury as an honorable mention, not top ten, obviously. And how about Jordan Cairo? Jordan Cairo had a He's really great year. right there, like number 11. He's right there. Yeah. So he's in my honorable mention as well. But, um, man, our list, we didn't agree on, except for, except for Nathan McKinnon, we didn't have any of the same players in the same slot. But nine of our 10 players, we agreed on at least being in the top 10. The only big difference was you had Kaprizov at number two. I have him two. at number six. I, I had Patrick Kane at number four. You have Patrick Kane at number eight. That's really the only big difference in our list. Yep. I think you both did admirably. Yeah, did those we are great well? lists. You did. You you both did great. Without Which, looking that means a lot. without without me looking at the rosters right in front of me, I would put all those dudes well, probably on the list. I mean, that's I didn't. Sure. I do know. 
through the grapevine, I heard that Rich, you started your list and you just didn't complete it, and you had Lucas Spiza at number one. No more Lucas Spiza jokes. No more. Well, we get to do it. We get to do it for the rest of this episode. We're gonna bury it. We're gonna bury it at the end of this episode. Yes, we're gonna bury it at the end of this. Yeah. All right. Good stuff there, everyone. If you want to chime in on our top 10 players, did we leave someone out? Is there someone that shouldn't have been in there? Did we rank someone too high? Did we rank someone too low? Get in yeah. there in the comments. Tell us what you think about our top 10 players currently in the Central Division. Let's get to some news and notes real quick. Let's talk about the cool news here, NHL Draft. We knew it was eventually going to come. NHL Draft is coming back to Nashville in 2023. It's going to be around the same time that CMA Fest is going on. <laughs> oh, boy. Can you imagine what Nashville yes. is going to be like that month? I mean, it's going to be fun game night. <laughs> And Nashville's already Nashville's already an insane party it during is. the summer when there's nothing going on. There doesn't have to be anything going on, and it's still crazy. You're gonna put you're thing. gonna put the draft back in there. You know that they're gonna do it big, and they got the NHL awards. Let's hope. Let's just hope. I'm already speaking it into existence right now that UC Soros gets a Vesna Trophy. Oh my gosh! While they're that hosting it in Nashville, how oh cool gosh. would that be? Man, that would be awesome. That would be the best. Mm, can't even imagine. Yeah, it's good. It's awesome for the city. Uh, I saw when uh, the Predators Twitter account was saying, "Oh, something big is going to happen," and like saw that that was announcement. That's that's huge for the city. I mean, that's just very big announcement for them. So, and prop props to the social media team, um, mm-hmm. Sarah, who does the social media for the Preds. Um, she did with the suspense suspense there because I, I didn't get anything done for like 30 minutes because I kept pushing right? refresh to uh and I mean <laughs> they were dropping all these they were dropping all these little emojis and so everyone yep. was out there speculating um some people mm-hmm. were trying to say oh they're gonna announce the reverse retros I saw some really good comments people saying oh no it's gonna be the announcement of the Pecorine statue and I was like well, that'd be pretty that cool makes sense yeah. That was a that was a cool guess, you know. Like some people were even thrown out there. I was even thinking maybe it'll be a double announcement. Maybe they'll announce two different things at once. But um, yep. either way, really, really cool news. Um, I'm yeah. gonna try my best. I'm gonna try my very best to make it to Nashville for that because that's I, like I, I was there for the I was there for the NFL draft in 2018 because I was working oh, yeah. the event. I was working <laughs> downtown in the middle of all that craziness, but. Um, that I don't think it'll be on that level. Obviously, that was seven hundred thousand people in three days that came through mm-hmm. Nashville when the NFL draft was here. I don't think it'll be quite on that level, obviously, but it's still going to be a massive party. So can't wait for that. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I think that'd be fun to go to. Let's. <coughs> all right, we got a couple more things here. We're going to talk about the fourth line. What we think is going to happen with that? We're going to hit that real quick. We're going to talk about our favorite things to cook because that's something, I mean, that Kyle came up with, and I think it'll be a fun way to wrap this episode up. Then we will send you off with my interview with Joe of the Tendy Talk podcast, better known as Washed Up Goalie. He's had so many big-time guests on his podcast, former goaltenders, emergency goaltenders. He played the position. He knows everything about it. We talked about UC Soros. Where does he fit in? to the best NHL goaltenders debate 
coming from a player, a guy who plays the position and looks at it from a different perspective from the casual fan, really great conversation with him. And he's a Blackhawks fan. So we talked about the rivalry, a lot of good stuff. That's coming up at the end of this episode. Let's talk about the fourth line, gentlemen. I've really been Mm. thinking about it a lot as the season gets closer because there are so many candidates out there who you can make an argument for who deserves a spot on that coveted fourth line. Um, It's, you know, if the fourth line can be a revolving door, a a lot of rotational players out there, but the Preds have a lot of uh, players you can make arguments for right now on that fourth line. Uh, Rich, what are you what, what are you looking at right now? What do you think the fourth line looks at like? Right now? <clears throat> well, I want to see. What do you think, think is going to be on there? I would definitely like to see Cody Glass um, on there for sure. And um, depending on what happens in training camp, I think we're going to see probably Ellie Tovenin on that line as well. As far as another player, I mean, it's it's so tough, like you said, to, to slot in people because you just don't know. But, um, I mean, they still have Michael McCarron is still on the roster. Um, mm. I know. I'm going I, I just, yes. Yeah. I, I, I know. I, think I, I got, agree. I think, so, I think you've upgraded enough and you've got players in the prospect pipeline to where – I agree. It's not a it's yeah. not a big criticism on McCarron. I think McCarron can be a, a quality rotational player when a player needs rest or if a player's yep. banged up and needs a couple games off. Sure, plug in McCarron. He's a big bodied guy. He he did yep. he did some decent things last year. He wasn't a complete disaster by any means, but I don't think he needs to be your full time fourth line player mm-hmm. at all. So I'm I'm thinking about Zach Sanford. The more I read up on Zach Sanford, it was a very low key. It was a very low-key addition this offseason. I mean, it didn't get a lot of news, didn't get a lot of publicity. We're talking about a guy who has always played his role in the in the bottom six very well. He won a Stanley Cup with the St. Louis mm-hmm. Blues. He's always played for very good teams. He's another hard-hitting player that's going to fit that role in the fourth line perfectly. So I, I'll put my money on Zach Sanford being – on your opening night, fourth line, um, they why would they go out and pick him up? And the that's not what they thought. If that now, obviously, the there's going to now obviously there's going to be training camp competition here. So if he looks bad in training mm-hmm. camp and another player is really stepping up and looking good, like Tommy Novak, that's then perhaps one. Sanford's yeah. not. But I think he's the leader in the clubhouse going into training camp to be on the fourth line along with Cody Glass and Ellie Tolvanen. That's a fourth line I can get behind and have some confidence in, at least coming out of the gate. What do you think, Kyle? For sure. I think that would work. Uh, I would really like to see Novak get a shot, but it's so crowded at center. It just mm-hmm. – I feel – It is. And this is going to sound really weird because I'm – I've came out several times and said how much of a fan of Cody Glass I am. As a fourth-line center, Tommy Novak, I think, is the better player. Hmm. Okay. Just so where does that put Cody Glass then? What do, what do you do with Cody Glass then? <laughs> That's for John Hines to figure out. <laughs> I just think they're so invested. They're so – because he – I don't think you can play – Cody Glass ain't going to play center. I mean, is it going to play wing? I don't. I wouldn't think – he is definitely a natural centerman. 
Yeah. So, I mean, and I just feel like the franchise is so vested in Cody Glass that, um, but it's a good take though, because I like, like you said, they're overcrowded at this position. (laughs) And Tommy Novak has already shown that he can be a really good fourth line center as well. So you've kind of got like a numbers game here. You got to figure out what to do. It's a good, it's a good problem to have, but that's kind of why I'm bringing up this topic tonight because it's 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 very interesting, but you can plug Tommy Novak can definitely play wing as well. So yeah. I'm looking at Zach Sanford and Tommy Novak as your two front runners to be on that other wing with Cody Glass and Ellie Tolvanen. But it's going to be a very fluid line to open up. Yeah. And you've, and, yeah. and and then you've got to you've obviously got to bring up Michael McCarron. You've mm-hmm. still got. Um, Cole Smith, who got a little bit of time there. But a big reason why this is such a, a, a big topic here is because Nick Cousins is gone. Matthew Olivier is gone. He was another player who was filling yeah. that role sometimes. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see yeah. what, what they decide yeah. to do. Training camp. That's going to that's gonna be your main roster battle in training camp is that fourth line. Yeah. Max Greenberg brought up a good point. Um, go get – Craig Smith from Boston. The, the rumor mill's uh, out there. I might be down with that. I might be down with that. If I'm, if well, I'm being totally honest, you could, you could solve your, um, you could solve your overcrowdedness at the position by by making a trade with Boston. And and I think I read an article from the hockey writers talking about this exact topic, and they basically said that Boston's kind of going to run into a cap cat problems mm-hmm. uh, um, later in the season when they got a couple of players coming back to join the roster and they're going to be over the cap. So they got to start shedding cap. Craig Smith is one of the uh, players that could be the outlier that they might be looking to unload. Um, so yeah. it's a possibility. We could see, I don't think it's going to happen, but it'd be interesting. Oh, no. it, it would definitely, you add him to the fourth line. I mean, and then you trade, you know, but then you might have to trade Tommy Novak or you might have to trade, you know, oh, that's true. You'd have, you definitely have to trade and part with a draft pick as well if Boston's going to yeah. do it. They're not going to. They're not going to just give Craig Smith away for nothing. I mean, you got to you got to offer some stuff. So, yeah, Max says they're two million under negative, two million under the cap. Is that what he's saying? Or over two million under? I guess. But it, well, well, no. So it's when the season starts. They got a couple of players jumping back on the books. Yeah. It's going to put them over. Right. So looking into the yeah. future, mm-hmm. they've got to make more cap room right now. That's basically from what I understand. It. We'll keep from, an eye on that. But the fourth line is going to be interesting. From the from the sound of things, like why don't they just have um, uh, Yoakum Kimmel just like walk on water over here and he can be on the fourth line? <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that because I've been wanting to talk about him this whole episode. <laughs> we'll talk about it. All right. He could just trot we'll over here, it. walk on the water, and so descend. So 12 point Kimmel. Yeah. He 12 is points now at World Junior. Now the record holder of any uh, Predators uh, prospect. I saw uh, that. For points in World Juniors. Yep. And he still has another year he can play in it. At least awesome. one more year. Yeah. Um, Seven games, four goals, eight assists. Um, he was uh, on on the ice for all seven even strength goals that Finland scored. Uh, the kid just looks outstanding. Yeah, good um, pick. He he's fast, 
but not he's not Connor McDavid fast. But he can do some stuff with his hands that make up for it. Uh, there was some puck moves that he pulled off on defensemen, and I felt bad for them. It was just, awesome. oh, where'd it, where'd it go? And I was trying to watch it, and it was just confusing because you have no idea where the puck went. And right. Next thing you know, he's got a shooting chance. Yeah. And he looked extremely good. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Helped, uh, he helped propel Finland to a silver medal, so that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. You know, they went up against Very Canada, cool. and they, you know, they they tried to hang with Canada in that gold medal match, but um, I mean, Team USA didn't even medal, which kind of was a little yeah. bit of a letdown. But um, overall, the tournament didn't have nearly as much buzz as as it's had in the past, and that's probably because it fell in August. It was a weird time, and I hate that for those young kids because um, they deserve to have um, full arenas supporting them. I heard, I read things about the tickets were too expensive or um, just a lot of different reasons for why the tournament just didn't get the buzz and the support that it normally gets. So that's a little bit, it's a little bit of a, um, of an unfortunate thing, but the world juniors is back in December. So quick turnaround four months from now, they're literally having another world juniors. They're going to get back on schedule. So, uh, and, and like Kyle just said, um, Kimmel will be in that as well. So very cool stuff. Glad, Glad you brought him up. Yep. Let's have a little fun here. Let's uh, if anyone's hungry right now, we're about to um get the taste buds going. We're about to talk food here. You have to go I to Taco Bell right now. Go food's my, food's my favorite thing. Food's my favorite thing ever. It makes me happy all the time. All right. <laughs> our favorite things to cook. Not our fa- just our favorite things to eat, but actually our favorite things to cook. Kyle's always putting up all this freaking food on his oh no right being all freaking hungry all these seasonings that he's putting on stuff and i'm just like can you teleport me to wherever he's at right now so i can scarf down whatever it is he's cooking right there and um, if you if you follow kyle on twitter he put some pictures of some corn that he made that he grew himself mm -hmm, farmer mm -hmm. perkins made that corn and there's nothing better than fresh corn that's for sure Mm -hmm. It, it literally yeah, works from the backyard to the pot. Absolutely. <laughs> or anything anything homegrown that you're growing yourself, it's just a whole new right. meaning, you know? It's just like, yeah, wow, like done. I actually plant, I planted this, I grew it, and now I'm consuming it. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. All right. So I, let me start off with let me start off with my favorite thing to cook. And it's so simple and it's so basic. But um mac and cheese. I guess it, first of all let me preface this by saying that i am a bachelor i'm not married i don't have kids so my perspective is going to be a lot different than um my two fellow co-hosts who have kids and are married but one of my favorite cook and we used to do this when i was a kid growing up and a lot of families do this i love having taco night tex-mex night Yes, sir. The whole nine yards. We did that cake, yesterday, make, and it was amazing. <laughs> man, I'm, I'm talking the whole nine yards, making queso dip, making bean dip, getting the lettuce, getting the cheese, getting the soft shell tortillas, getting the hard shell tortillas, cooking up the meat, using all the seeds, like just building this big taco bar in your kitchen. Oh, yes, That's sir. like one of my favorite things uh, to do. I mean, it's like the, yep. the pr- preparing the meal is almost as fun as consuming it. Yep. When you get taco shells, do you get those flat, hard taco shells? Have you seen those? They're, they're amazing. They're flat on the bottom, so they stand up on your plate. The yeah. standing stuffs? 
I'm so yeah. fat. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm a I'm a soft shell. I'm soft shell all the way though. Soft yeah. shell tacos for the I win like for those me. too, but I don't know, man. These tacos, man, you put them in the oven for a little bit and get them nice and crunchy, and they stand up. Put all your stuff in them. Oh, they're they're good. Very good stuff. See, that's yeah, why my, you my take stomach's, my stomach's already growling. Yeah, that's right. why you take a soft shell, mm-hmm. get it all nice and hot, and put some cheese on it, and then you put it around the hard shell. So you have structural integrity. Crunch, isn't that what Taco Bell does? A gordita yeah, crunch. Yeah, I mean, well, Taco Bell actually had the double decker taco which was a taco, and then it had what you said. It had beans on it mm-hmm. on a soft shell. Those were really I, good. But yeah, that's I've, what never, I've never – speaking of Taco Bell, I've never seen a restaurant that basically uses the same eight Five ingredients. ingredients. And, and they somehow – they somehow redo their menu to the point yep. where when you see you it, when you see it, you're you're just like, oh my gosh, they just figured out a way to do this with these same yeah. five ingredients. They did it a different way. I gotta have yeah. it. Yeah, they're like, okay, this this month we're gonna have the the queso lupa burrito taco, and next month it's gonna be the burrito queso lupa whatever. <laughs> they just it's, I, I just. It's all good though. Everything, it's all, it's so good. I just want the Mexican pizza back again. The Mexican. They said they were coming back. It is. But when? I I really, I really do my best to avoid fast food. But I'm telling you, Taco Bell is my guilty pleasure. It's my taboo. I I just, I, I I can't, I can't deny it. Um, when I, when I, when I gotta have it, I have it. mm -hmm. I'm just not gonna pod for it, and I end up leaving. Mm -hmm. When you leave Taco Bell, twelve dollars worth. Fifteen dollars worth of food, you feel oh, you really guilty like about it. Yeah, that's like you feel guilty. You feel guilty about it, but at the same time, you're like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what anybody thinks. Mm. I'm, I'm going it's for so it. So good. The the All lady right. at Taco Bell told me the other day, Mexican pizza is back September thirteenth. Ooh, I hope so, so. There you go. That's my favorite thing. Anyway, we went off the rails a little bit. It's okay. <clears throat> With the we went kind back of. to favorite foods Rich, a little bit. Rich, what, Rich, what's your what name? Something that's your favorite thing to cook? Something that I like to cook. Um, that would be absolutely nothing. I hate cooking so much. Aww. Like I can do it. I don't like it because I don't like all the mess. I can't stand the mess. But I do like to cook like steaks and stuff. Steaks on a grill. I mean, that's easy to do. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing better than a grilled steak. That's my favorite food of all time oh, for sure so, yeah uh, so mine would be steak i guess it's hard to screw those up so <laughs> you can though you, you can. Totally can you can but if you're just careful just what what did they say on letter kenny kyle s and p and s and p uh, two minutes four, per side yeah the yeah. whole and I, I agree with dan montreal steak spice should really be included here absolutely uh, for sure. Yeah. So that's good stuff. So now so, we can talk to the to the chef of the of the trio here because Kyle's food always looks sure, amazing. Yeah. My <clears throat> favorite thing to cook is uh pork shoulder, pork butt. Mm-hmm. Um and the reason why is because you can feed a lot of people for a relatively low cost. Uh and it's just something about you start on this in the morning and it's going all day long and you're smelling it and you're smelling the smoke 
coming through the house mm-hmm. and then you wrap it up and I won't go into all the little different things I do, the brown sugar and butter and apple Ugh. juice and all this stuff. I know, right? And, <laughs> so yeah. Good. Yeah, and honey and everything. I'm thinking and, I, I'm th- I'm thinking of the Homer Simpson um GIF where he's just drooling, drooling and, his, yeah. and he's just like yeah. uh, he's going that's around. what I'm doing right now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but you, yeah. you take you get it all done and up to temperature and you put it in the cooler for a couple of hours and you take it out and it just falls apart and it's just like oh and then yeah. and then I love to watch people just like get that first bite of it and just like oh <laughs> so good. Yeah. Cooking food like that is like a project, man. It's like an all day. Yeah. So kind of you gotta basically 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 in the same neighborhood. I'm kind of the same way. I love smoking stuff. So anything that yeah. um anything that you throw into you a smoker and it it's like <laughs> <laughs> again. <laughs> hey, back in college, all right? Just kidding. But anyway. Totally joking. <clears throat> anyway. Um yeah, smoking Can stuff resist. to where Kyle disappeared. Oh, he's back. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I like, I looked up and I looked down and Kyle's gone. I'm like, did he just like bounce? Did he just like, I was laughing. I I leaned forward and I was laughing and I clipped out. That would be really funny though. If you just like, didn't even say bye, you just like, like, we're just like, bye. (laughs) Peace. But no, like, I like, so like smoking ribs is Mm -hmm. definitely on my tops. And like, so anytime, Anytime, like yeah. I'm having a backyard cookout, ribs are my thing. Anyone yeah. else on the grill, you can cook the burgers, have fun, knock yourself out. They're not that mm-hmm. fun to cook burgers. Ribs yeah. is like a project. I know Kyle agrees. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. just like, I mean, and you're making sure that the temperature is just right in the grill. Mm-hmm. You don't want to overcook them. You want it's a slow process so that yep. when they come out of that grill and they're out of that smoker, they're falling off the bone. You got to use the right sauce. Ugh, ribs, yeah. I'm telling you, they're like my I, kryptonite during a barbecue. I really I, like when people make brisket. Brisket is oh. like one of my favorite things. And I got I got a quick story to tell you real quick. So my brother lives in Virginia and Robin's brother lives in Memphis. My brother has one of those massive grills that does the smoking, you know, the whole nine yards or whatever. And Robin's brothers got one too. They, they talk about smoking food all the time. And like, I was like, I'm going to go to these guys houses and they're going to make some brisket. I just know it. So we went to my brother's, he made like pork pulled pork. And then we went to her brother's and he made like smoked chicken or something. And I was, I was like, can you guys just make some, why won't anybody make some brisket? I don't understand. Is it hard? Because to it's hard. Okay. It is really, really hard. Okay. I guess I'll give them a break, but I was like, you got these it big is so intimidating. Vehicles. Yeah, I guess so. I'll give them, I'll cut them some slack, I guess. Because on a low end, you're going to spend 50 to 60 bucks just for the cut of meat. Yeah, right. And then you're going to put 16 to 18 hours into cooking it. Mm-hmm. And the last one that I did, I couldn't, I couldn't eat. It was just. Oh, really? It was the most depressing thing. It was. That would be depressing. I can see where that would depress you. 
Sure. Have, have either one of you, have either one of you guys ever had Texas brisket, real Texas brisket? It will change your mind forever on any other kind of brisket that you could. Oh my gosh, I it's just but it sounds it's, amazing. It's like a really it's a really thick cut. You almost have to like use a knife for it, like just cut it with a with a fork, you know. And it's just like hard it. to explain. But Texas brisket puts every other type of brisket I've ever had, like in Tennessee or whatever, to shame. If you go to Texas, get you some Texas brisket for sure. You got to do it. It's life changing. And speaking of speaking of that, all of our prayers are with the people of the Dallas area with those floods. Really sad stuff. Really horrible images. Um, so. Really, you're in our thoughts for everyone in the Dallas area who's being affected by the floods down there and all across the south. There's a lot of flooding going on right now. So, uh, yeah, um, everyone that's in the path of all that, you're in our thoughts. Yeah, Eastern Kentucky's still digging out of that. So, um, yeah, my my wife went with a group from church to Eastern Kentucky, actually where her parents and grandparents are from, and did some work to help those people get you know, do what they could. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. bad down there for sure. Tough stuff. Yeah. So yep. yeah, you're definitely in our thoughts and prayers and uh, for sure. definitely look into ways to help those people get back on their feet uh, for sure. Yep. All right. So this has been episode 142 of Catfish and I spent a lot of fun, even though it's the off season. I mean, we've got over 170 comments tonight in the live stream. Mm-hmm. So to all of our listeners, y'all are the best. We're so lucky and fortunate to have so many follow our podcast. And we couldn't do it without all of y'all. So I uh, yeah. can't thank you enough for that. We are going to send you over to our interview with Joe of the Tendy Talk podcast. A great conversation with him. So stay tuned if you're listening and you download the podcast. You've got to download it tomorrow if you're watching the live stream right now. Thanks, everybody. We're getting closer and closer to the regular season, so stay tuned for that. We hope you have a great week, and we will see you later on. Take care, everybody. And welcome back to Catfish on Ice. This is episode 142. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. As we roll along through this offseason, we've got about, what, a little over a month left until the regular season starts, so we can't wait for that. We've got ourselves a really outstanding guest joining us today. That is Joe of Tendy Talk Podcast, otherwise known as Washed Up Goalie. Need to go follow Joe's podcast, uh, Washed Up Goalie, at Washed Up Goalie on Twitter. Joe, how are you doing? Thanks so much for joining us. Doing good. You know, it's it's not a Monday, so uh, that makes life better. For sure. Yep, yeah. what is it? It's Tuesday's a little bit better, and then we just keep going on after that. All yeah, right, exactly. Awesome. awesome. All right, well, let's get this rolling here because we have a lot of listeners of Catfish on Ice and Predators fans. As you know, National Predators fans, we love our goalies down here. We had yes. Pecorino. We had Pecorino for all those years. Now we have our uh, we have Juice UC Saros. We've got um, Iroslava Skarov, arguably the best goaltending prospect in the world now. So we just love ourselves some goaltenders. But first off. Hey, let, tell let's, everybody. let's not forget the e-bugs, you know, let, let's give Bones and Goose some love too. There you go. Yeah, we can't <laughs> forget about those as well, which I think you had a really awesome guest on your show recently on the Tendy Talk podcast. You can tell us about that as well. But um, yeah, tell us uh, about your podcast, the content you do, how you got into it. Just we, we want to learn all that. 
Yeah, so Tendikak, it's uh, is the name would would tell you. It's just a couple goalies sitting there talking hockey, and uh, I, I've had phantom goalies on all the way up through Hall of Fame, Stanley Cup winning uh, goalies, gold medal winning goalies, uh, and it's just talking about how we got started in the game, why why we chose to uh, stand in front of the puck instead of shoot it. Um, but also what, what we do outside of the game too, you know, what excites us? You know, I, I had Eddie Belfour and his son Dane on and they were talking about their whiskey they've got going on. I, I had Don Strauss, the uh, uh, mask painter and creator of the Armadillo mask made famous by John Van Beesbrook. You know, his background is really in auto racing and he just kind of fell into, uh, he, he actually never played goalie, but he, he's so, so entrenched in the goalie community. I had to have him on, but uh, then a guy like Mike McKenna, journeyman, Auto racing yeah. is kind of it. Auto racing and cooking are his thing away from hockey. So it's kind of fun to find, you know, what that uh, other side of the goalie is when, when we take that mask off. And, you know, and then I mentioned taking the mask off. I've had uh, Justin Goldman from uh, the Goalie Guild. He was also the Colorado e-bug for a while. Uh, and, and he's very much into the mental health side of things and started the Lift the Mask project where, you know, goalies talking to other goalies and just uh, – not being silent and suffering with our own, our own minds by ourselves, you know, yeah. seeking help when we need it. In fact, uh, mm-hmm. Justin was one of two repeat guests I've had. The first repeat guest I had was actually Bones. He was my first guest. So when I, I hit one year, I had to have him back on. But uh, Justin, with his background, um, I, I lost my mom on Mother's Day and he had lost his mom about a year earlier. And uh it, it was a little tough. So I, I had him back on just mm-hmm. to talk about loss and, you know, how hockey helps yeah. and all that. And it, it was a fantastic episode, very therapeutic by, by far. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff that, that listeners really love. And that's why your, your podcast is doing so awesome. I've, I li- I've listened to it many times. It's just really great stuff. And, you know, when it comes to goalies, I mean, we all just really love our goalies. You know, if you're a <laughs> hockey fan, that's just the, because like you said, I mean, you're wearing that mask. You're kind of out there on an island. Yes, you have your teammates out there protecting you. But, like, for instance, anytime a goalie gets, like, rushed by the opponent, you know, his teammates are going to run in there. And, like, just the camaraderie and the protection of the goaltender is something that I love personally as a hockey fan. So, uh, yeah, go check out the Tendy Talk podcast if you haven't already. All right, so we're being joined by Joe, otherwise known as Washed Up Goalie. All right, I love that name, by the way. That's so awesome. That's so <laughs> hilarious. All right, so let's let's talk about the current uh, makeup of goaltenders right now in the NHL, and I want to get your opinion on who is the best right now, or is it impossible to answer that? Let's let's uh, fit in UC Soros into that equation and see kind of where you think he fits, because I think most people agree that Soros is right there on that elite tier but maybe he's still mm-hmm. kind of young and he's still got a little bit ways to go. So I want to really get your thoughts on all of that. Yeah. You know, that, that's kind of a loaded question. I, I, I've been a fan of this game for a long time. Uh, you know, several, uh, uh, I don't want to call them generations, but kind of evolutions of the position. You know, mm-hmm. when I first started watching the game, you know, well, when I was born, you still had goalies wearing the fiberglass mask and Brown, uh, leg pads. In fact, my first pair of association pads were brown 70s era pads. So that the positions mm-hmm. change. And I think we're in one of those evolutions where you've got kind of the old guard, the new guard. Um, so it's, it's kind of fun because we're seeing some of those older guys retire and the newer guys like uh, Saros come up. 
But if we're talking the top two in the league, and I say top two because it's so close, mm-hmm. it's got to be Igor out there in New York and uh, Vasilevsky in Tampa yeah. Bay. They, they've proven mm-hmm. that they're they're one and two right now. Uh, Saros, I think he he can be in that conversation, but it he's got a few years to get under his belt. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even Vasilevsky, if you look at him when he came on the scene, yeah, he was good but he wasn't uh, as dominant as he, as he is now. It's, it's like a, a quarterback in football. Very rarely does one hop in in the first year or two and dominate. They, they need that uh, growing pains. And even when a guy like Mahomes jumps in, he, yeah. he has that sophomore slump. And um, I don't think Saros is going to, you know, regress by any means. It's just more, more teams are going to build a book on him and, yeah, find his weaknesses and he's going to work hard and he's going to tighten up those weaknesses and just get better. It's uh, Having grown up in Chicago and being a Blackhawks fan, I'm not too excited that the Predators were able to replace, you know, one Hall of Fame caliber goalie with uh, what could be another one. Um, mm. <laughs> but hey, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, so the thing about Soros for a lot of us is we know he's we're lucky to have him and that uh, mm-hmm. on many nights he is going to steal a lot of points for us when we have no business getting those points. He was a workhorse last year, probably played too many games in my opinion, uh, led the league in starts among goaltenders. And so we're hoping that uh, some of that pressure can be taken off of him with a f- former Blackhawks goalie, uh, Kevin Lankinen is who we picked up in the offseason, which yeah. kind of surprised all of us. So we didn't really see that coming because of Connor Ingram. Um, another goaltender that played really well in the playoffs against the Avalanche. He had a game where he was pretty much shutting out the Avs in game two, and we all thought, okay, this is kind of the uh, rehearsal for him to be the full-time backup of Soros, but they took Lincoln. And what do you think about – since you are a Blackhawks fan, tell some Predators fans here who might not know a lot about Lankinen and what what's his pros and cons, and especially being a backup goaltender. What do you think he could do? Yeah, you know, so Lankinen kind of came on – the scene, he, he came on with a fury, had a great start. Um, and that, that was kind of when the Hawks unexpectedly traded Crawford because I, I think they knew he was going to retire and they mm-hmm. said, let's get something for him. Uh, so they, they, they just needed to plug some gaps. They, they threw him in there and he played really well, but I, I think they threw him in too soon in his development. And uh Goalies, in my opinion, they need a couple years at the AHL to really develop their game because mm-hmm. they need to play. The thing is, if, if a goalie is sitting on the bench not playing, they're not developing. So mm-hmm. that's why I think the Lincoln and acquisition is really nice for the Preds because now he can play that backup role. You know, and the fellow you were mentioning earlier, he can go to the AHL and he can play every night and Milwaukee and, and get those reps in that he needs. I, I really think that's where the thinking was with Nashville is um, it wasn't that they thought Lincoln was a better goalie. He's just got more time in the NHL and they know he can be a serviceable backup. Mm. Um, the more I watched him in Chicago, I liked him. I think he has potential. Um, and kind of like when they let Colin Delia go too, another good young goaltender that got thrown into it earlier. I think the Hawks realized that both of those guys needed a change of scenery. They, they needed a different um, 
a vo- voice talking to him because they were thrown in and I think they got a little jaded. Um, so it, it was a good move for both of those guys. Blankenen, like said, I like him, but I, I think he his footwork, he does a little too much at times. He, he overshoots his targets a little bit because he's, he's so smooth and technical that uh, it almost hinders him. <laughs> he pushes a little too, too hard. He, he's, he's too efficient in his movements. That he, yeah. he goes a little further. and it, it's, it's not obvious to the casual fan. Um, you know, I, I like talking about my dad. He's followed you know, me through goalie clinics and everything else. He's got an idea of the game. But when him and I are watching goalies, we're watching two different things. And there will be times where when we're watching a game, he's going, what are you seeing? And I'll explain it to him. He's like, I, I, I wouldn't have picked up on that. But now that you mention it, I see it. And if, if you watch Lincoln, and uh, I, I like watching him in warmups. And he's doing all of his crease movements. And box control is a big thing in, in goaltending, where if you put strings on the corners of each post and take it down to the puck, it's where you are in that box. Lankinen kind of goes over that box as he's moving side to side. Um, not a bad thing at times, but I think he does it too much. Interesting. And that's a really cool perspective coming from a goaltender as well. I love getting the actual goaltender's <laughs> perspective who's played the position because it is way different than what you're seeing it as, as a fan. Um, and then, yeah, so when it comes to Lankinen, for me, I'm hoping he get around 20, 20 starts um, and take some of that load off of sorrow so that hopefully – when and if the Predators are back in that playoff picture again, a fresh UC Soros can go in ready to, um, you know, really put this team on his back in the playoffs and, and take him further than maybe anyone would expect, kind of like in 2017. But let's go ahead and segue to that. So we've got a we've got Joe of the Tendy Talk podcast. He just mentioned that he is a Chicago Blackhawks fan. Everyone be nice to him. Just because he's a Blackhawks <laughs> fan doesn't make him a bad person. Uh, we got to watch out with these Preds fans. They get really, really defensive when it's uh, anything Blackhawks associated. But um, so I, you retweeted our most hated teams 2022 summer of 2022 bracket for Preds fans. Um, and we're doing this bracket. We did the whole first round. We made the Blackhawks our number one overall seed. If you're thinking March Madness NCAA tournament, the Blackhawks are like the top seed that everyone expects to win. But um, it's been a lot of fun. Of course, I can't even remember who I put the Blackhawks up against in the first round, but it was a, it was like a, it was a landslide. But um, you, you could have put them against the uh, 80 Russian Olympic hockey team. I think they still would have won. <laughs> You're probably right. But um, either way, I, I wanted to see, because this is, I'm trying to be as scientific as possible here. And I guess what I'm thinking is, has some of the dislike for the Blackhawks cooled off a little bit because the Blackhawks are rebuilding and, um, you know, it hasn't really – because I think the height of this rivalry for Preds, from a Preds fan perspective at least, it was when the Blackhawks were dominant. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I remember that 2017 playoffs when we we ended up drawing you all in the first round. I mean, we were – we pretty much took that as a loss right there. We were like, okay, we get to play the Blackhawks in the first round. It was fun while it lasted, but um, we're not going to get out of this first round. Didn't have a lot of confidence. And the next thing you know, we're, we're sweeping the Blackhawks. I, I, it, to this day, pre, most Preds fans are lying straight to your face if they saw the Preds winning that series, much less sweeping it. So it's a really fun rivalry, but it's cooled off a little bit recently. So I want to get your perspective as a Blackhawks fan. Obviously, the Blackhawks have a way more storied history 
than the Preds franchise. So from a Blackhawks fan, what what does the Preds rivalry mean to you? Is it even a rivalry? Do you, like what, what, what do Blackhawks fans think of it? Well, when Blackhawks fans think of rivalries, first and foremost, it's Detroit. Detroit mm-hmm. sucks. There, there's a great – it's still living on YouTube, a great old Hawks commercial back in the – you know, sports channel days uh, when Hawks home games weren't on TV. Uh, Jeremy Piven is a Chicago native and Blackhawks fan. And they had him up in the 300 level. And he's talking about how he remembers his dad taking him to games and teaching him the two most important words in life. And it, it was, he just starts belting out Detroit sucks from the 300 level and the empty United center. And of course I, I went to a couple of Hawks Red Wings games at the United center. As soon as the puck dropped, you've got the Detroit sucks chance starting. And then the Red Wings fans are going, let's go Red Wings. Just back and forth all game. And remember it was right after the commercial dropped. It was a TV timeout and Scotty Bowman's the Red Wings coach at the time. And they play that commercial on the jumbotron and I'm behind the Red Wings bench and you see Bowman look up and say, you know what, what is that? But with with some more (laughs) colorful language and he kind of smirks, uh, but, you know, that, that rivalry is more for the fans. Uh, it, mm-hmm. It's died a little bit since they put uh, the wings in the Eastern Conference, but both those fan bases understand the history, and so they're, they're going to hold yeah. on to that as much as for possible. Sure. For sure. After that comes the St. Louis Blues. Um, mm-hmm. I, in in the, the, the Chicago-St. Louis rivalry is more than just hockey. It's baseball, too. Uh, it didn't help when Chris Bryant was still with the Cubs and referred to St. Louis as boring. Uh, so St. Mm. Louis people just, there, there's a hatred of the cities that way. But um, both of those rivalries, the Detroit and the St. Louis ones, it's kind of a gentleman's rivalry, if you can call it that. And that all game, fans are going to be chirping each other. But after the game, the... Uh, Two, two sides are going to meet up at the bar and buy each other beers go. and have a good time yeah. and just talk about the history. I think when it comes to the Hawks-Preds rivalry... You can say it. You can say it. You're not going to hurt Preds, my fans. No, I, I think Preds fans, they'll take the beer, but they're not going to offer the beer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, if, if there's a little bit of chirping going on, I think the Preds fans are a little more apt to throw in punches instead of words. Yeah, and I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Anyone who's acting like a knucklehead like that, right? Yeah, I mean, I, from I, any fan, yeah, yeah. But um, whereas Hawks fans, I'm, I hate to say it, we don't look at that Preds rivalry in the same light as Preds fans. You know, as you said, oh, during yeah. during that run, yeah, absolutely, it was. But we also had the Vancouver rivalry there at the yeah. same time, and that that was a little deeper because we were playing them in later rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one fell off real quick. Uh, in, in the predator one still hung on and the fact that the predator organization won't allow people with the Chicago zip code to buy tickets with their yeah. credit cards. Mm-hmm. That's what continues to fuel that rivalry for black. Yeah. Fans. Cause still they're like, we're not good anymore. And they still won't let us buy tickets because, uh, and, and I just like, I mean that I'm not, I don't like that look personally coming from me as a fan of the predators, because that just signals that you don't have faith in your own fan base to show up 
and fill that arena up. Obviously, Blackhawks fans are some of the best traveled fans oh, all yeah. across the league. I don't care who they're playing, what city. I don't care if it – I mean, I'm interested to see when the Blackhawks play the uh, in the 5,000-seat Arizona State Coyotes oh, yeah. arena. Like, is it going to be 4,000 – are the Blackhawks fans going to just show up and fill out 5,000 seats and turn it into a small little home game? I mean, it's it's Blackhawks fans tra- are some of the best yeah. traveled fans in the league, no doubt about it. Well, and that um, trip I, down to Nashville, it's an hour flight. You know, you oh, hop on Southwest for like 59 bucks one way. And, you know, and I've, this is going to sound weird. So I, my wife and I are looking to move down there. I've never been to Nashville, but everybody I know that's been down there. They're oh, like, you got to come down here. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm literally meeting with my realtor tomorrow because we're exploring a move. So awesome. we're, we're getting down there. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. You'll love the city. It's a great city and it's a hockey city. It really has yeah. been. It's, I mean, it's, it really has become a hockey town going back to the whole like ticket thing and stuff. I'm kind of under the mindset of, you know, Blackhawks fans are going to show up whether you like it or not, because yep. they are that eager of a fan base Preds fans, it's on you to also show up, not dump your tickets to make money off your season tickets because that's a big that 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 happens a lot. It happens yep. in Titans games. It's really worse with the Titans. But either way, to not to go down that rabbit hole. But um, I mean, I think it has the potential to grow to even a bigger rivalry. The biggest thing, and this is why I totally agree with you, obviously, on the first two rivals you mentioned, Detroit and St. Louis. The Preds are still such. I wouldn't call them an infant franchise, but they're still a very, very young franchise. Yeah. And they've really only been playoff postseason relevant for like a decade now. You yep. know, their first their first five or six seasons, they were just they didn't they it was just a blue collar team um that was just trying to scratch and claw their way to a win every now and then. Now they're finally, you know, they're they're not Stanley Cup contenders. They've definitely fallen back a little bit recently, but they're at least relevant, I yep. would say. So I think the rivalry has the potential to definitely grow it over does. time. You know, as, as you said, that the Detroit and St. Louis rivalries, it's because they've been around longer. You know, th- think of it as the family reunion. The, the Hawks are grandpa at the family reunion picking on, on his, his offspring, you know. Uh, well, his, his cousin, the, the Wings, and then the offspring, the, the Blues, because they've been around. And then you got this yeah. teenager coming up. You know, the, the Predators, yeah, they, they can go yeah. back and forth. But it's going to take a little bit of time. And, you know, you mentioned Nashville's a hockey city. I don't think when they were awarded that franchise, anybody would have thought of that. But there's a great book. I've read it, Hockey Tonk, by Craig Leopold, who was the original owner. And he talks about how he marketed hockey down there. And it was really using um, country music. He knew the way to get yeah. fans into the game was to, to get these country music stars there and that would get people to show up and it worked and yeah you know at the time the titans previously the oilers weren't there so it was kind of like vegas in that there wasn't a pro team so people flocked to it and now vegas has the raiders but locals say that the golden knights are their team they were there first they embraced the team and that's really you know and I, i think nashville's kind of the same way um, you know, I know there's talks of them maybe getting a major league baseball team and all of that, but yeah. the Preds are always going to be I gotta, you know, the first. I got to uh, I got to push back on that just a little bit as a national native. It's always going to be a college football well, NFL yeah. town. I would say college football number one. Even though the Tennessee Vols are in Knoxville, they're not even in Nashville. I mean, 
literally time stops when the Tennessee Vols are playing. I'm not even a Tennessee Vols fan. I actually <laughs> don't cheer for them at all. But either way, um, yes, the Preds, when they're playing well, especially when they – in 2017 during that playoff run that no one saw coming, the city was completely gripped. Um, I'm sure a lot of fans will laugh at this, opposing fans, but when the the, um, the night they beat the Ducks to clinch a spot in the Stanley Cup, there were strangers hugging each other outside of bars downtown Nashville. Like, and I know that sounds cheesy because they didn't even win the cup. They just want made it into the final, but that's, that's how young this fan base is. And that's how much we're just, we're just looking for that first Stanley cup, you know, to get that monkey yeah. off our back or whatever. But um, that, that's not cheesy. Cause I'm a, cu- a lifelong cup fan. I grew up on the South side, like in the North side team. So in 2016, strangers were hugging it, yeah. it, that, the, the weekend they won, that was the first weekend in months that they didn't have one murder all weekend. Like, they went four mm-hmm. days without them. So, wow. strangers hugging, yeah, yeah I, I get that's that. Cool. And that's yeah. one of the best things about sports when you see stuff like that, you know, because it brings us together in that way. So, the Preds are definitely up there. Uh, as far I love that you brought up, like, that book by Craig Leopold and when they first came here. Because me being a Nashville native, and maybe for some of our listeners who are new to Nashville and they don't know about it, but definitely the natives know about it that whole Broadway scene really did grow around the predators. Like, and that's not a stretch of the imagination at all because Broadway was pretty dead. uh, Right. Mm -hmm. When, uh, when that arena was built two years before the Preds played their first season, there was not really anything on Broadway. It was actually pretty sketchy. Um, There was a couple old honky tonks, but it was nothing like, like it is today, obviously. And it grew around the Preds. It really did. The Preds are like an entertainment. They're just not just hockey. Their entertainment. That's why the NHL is bringing the draft back there in 2023. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's great and it's awesome. And I think we should welcome Blackhawks fans and all fan bases to come down here and make it a fun, fun time. You know, if there's 40, 50% Blackhawks fans and it's half Preds fans, okay, let's have a good time. Let's have a good game. Let, let's, let's, let, we can chirp at each other, like you said, but let's, let's keep it civil at the same time. But I definitely think it's going to grow. All right. We got Joe with us of the Tendy Talk podcast at Washed Up Goalie on Twitter. Go check out the podcast. Let's wrap up this awesome segment with this. All right, we did a segment a couple episodes ago, um, uh, Joe, with my host uh, Rich and uh, Kyle Perkins, um, talking about is there any team realistically that can maybe give the Avalanche like a little bit of a run this year in the Central Division? Or do you think the Central Division has become so top-heavy at this point that it's the avalanche and then it's everyone else just kind of squabbling around maybe. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's clearly the abs. I thought the wild had potential to push a little further, but I think they're two, three years off. So I really like what Billy Garen's doing up here in Minnesota. Um, makes it a little bit harder to put up with my neighbors, but uh, I, I do <laughs> like what he's doing. Uh, but I will say, I started going to school here in Minnesota the year the Wild started, so I'm kind of a de facto Wild fan as long as they're not playing the Hawks. And I become, That's fair. That's yeah, fair. That, then I become obnoxious with my neighbors. I mean, when the Hawks were beating the Wild in the first round every year, I was hanging Hawks banners from their garages and really upsetting them. Um, <laughs> but I, I thought the Wild could have. Um, I, I kind of lumped the Wild and the Preds in, in the same group as – Yeah. They're scratching, but they're they're just not as dominant, um, you know. And uh, who who did Colorado go pick up in that? I know they let Kemper go. I forget who they got, but it, he's an upgrade. 
Um, I, yes, I blame too many hockey yeah. pucks to the head. Uh, well, it's, not well it's, it's not just that, but this offseason has just had so much movement. I mean, yeah, it, it, a lot has happened this, this offseason. It's been fun to watch, but it is really hard to keep up with it all. Um, I'll, I'll see if I can yeah. find it. I mean, losing Kadri is going to be an interesting one for them because yeah. um, I, I think he was more valuable to that team than Avs fans probably realized. Uh, I, I've, I've been a fan of him for a long time. I, I think he just plays the game a, a little bit on the on the uh, edges, and that, that comes to bite him. I don't think he's as dirty of a player as some people say he is. I think he's just kind of a hard-nosed player, uh, very much like Jeremy Roenick was back in the day. Um, Dallas, Dallas doesn't scare me. St. Louis, I, I don't, I haven't see, really seen them get any better this year. So yeah, I, I got to say Colorado's got to be you, a lot. I mean, and you can't argue out of those lump of teams kind of chasing the avalanche that the Preds were the team that actually did go out this off season and get better. Yeah. Um, by getting Nino Niederreiter from the Hurricanes, he's going to really give them some, some stability in the top six. And then, of course, yeah. they got Ryan McDonough for yeah. basically for basically Nothing. a bag of bag of pucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it was. I, I knew McDonough was a special player when I was coaching against him in high school. Uh, he, he's a good good hockey player. He's got that brings that leadership, um, yes. that veteran leadership. That's going to be really nice for uh, what is overall a pretty young. Nashville team, and, and uh, they've 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 chosen that reason. They've chosen to get younger. That was kind of their yeah. blueprint. But they've kind of they've kind of done a little bit of both here. That and that's what you got to have. You got to have a nice blend of both. Unless you're just going full on tear it down rebuild, then you've got like to have a, <laughs> like the Hawks. Then you've got to you've got to have a blend of both if you're going to stay competitive. And that's what uh, our general manager David Poyle pretty much has been saying. And it actually has frustrated a lot of. Um, a lot of fans out there because they actually would prefer the Predators to just rip the Band-Aid off and, and rebuild this team and stop being painfully average every year and not having a chance in the playoffs. But that remains to be seen. Um, we'll see what happens. Maybe the Predators, you know, I, I think they're a playoff team again, but as far as going anywhere further than the first or maybe the second rounds, their ceiling, I mean, they're not cup caliber for sure, at least not yet. Well, you know, you never know what can happen during the regular season and stuff, but just looking on paper in the preseason, you know, their ceiling is probably top three in the division and maybe they make mm-hmm. it to the second round, which is they haven't made it to the second round since 2018. So, Well, with the goalie like Soros, so you never know. You get to the playoffs, you never know. And, you know, you were talking earlier with um, Lincoln and, you know, maybe he can get 20 games. And this is something that frustrates me with modern hockey is why – why can't goalies play more? You know, an old aging Grant Fuhr played, what was it, 76 games in one of his last seasons. And as a goalie, you know, yeah, I understand some goalies, you, you got to let them listen to their body and they say that. But there's a lot of us out there that say, I, I play better the more I play. You know, let me play the back-to-backs. You don't see many goalies playing back-to-back nights anymore. Um, yeah. But I... I be willing to argue there's a lot of them that would say, let me, but coaches yeah. or management won't let them. Uh, and when, when you got a goalie like, you know, Soros, if, if, if he's not wearing down or anything like that, you know, let, let the goalie skip the morning skate. That that's what you got e-bugs for. They, they felt most of the e-bugs I know and talk to and 
um, you know, they, they participate in the morning skates for when the starter doesn't uh, want to come out to that optional skate. Let the goalie skip those, get that rest, come out and play. That's what you're paying them for. Mm. Um, you know, it's great when you got a good 1A and 1B, but get, get the one dominant guy. Because the, the more a goalie plays, the better they are. If you get Soros uh, playing a lot and he gets hot right there at the end, they could make a deep run. They could do something and surprise people. That's a really good take, man. I really love that. And that's actually a take that I don't hear very often. You know, a lot of times I hear the opposite end of it. And But coming from a goalie yourself here, that's a really interesting and, and quality take. And, I, and I, I, I'm thinking about it from a different perspective now when it comes to Soros because I was one of those people, but I've never, admittedly, never played goaltender. But um, – that's really makes sense at the same time. Like, yes, the more they play, the more they can get into a zone. It makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. All right, Joe, thanks so much for joining us here on episode yeah. 142 of Catfish and Ice. It's been a lot of fun. Um, go follow at Washed Up Goalie on Twitter. Listen to the Tendy Talk podcast as we get ready for the 2022-23 season. About, a, about 40-something days away, so we're almost there. All right, Joe, take it easy. You too. We'll be in touch. All right, this has been episode 142 of Catfish on Ice. Take care, everybody.